coming up. First and foremost, what's this guy's name? Because I you have an issue sometimes. Chris, with Chris Riddle. Doctor. Doctor Chris Riddle. Okay. Christopher Riddle. I know this one. Listen, I can. I'm knocking this one out of the park. I know this was. I mess up every fucking name that comes on here. Everybody seriously. Comes on, every name. You can't mess this one. up. I can't mess this up. All right. Oh, you I know. Three, <laughs> you said it three times. I can't. I, can. I know. can't. We're already rolling. Up. I'm just waiting for him at this point. Yeah. That's gonna You're be ready the to best go. intro ever. It's already going. Let's roll. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Champ of the Champ podcast. I am your host, Scott Faribault. With me is the secondary host. So Scott and Josh are back for another episode. Um, today we have the distinct privilege to sit down with Dr. Chris Riddle. Um, a man that I personally know as my chiropractor has really helped me through the years. Riggle. Riddle, uh, not Riggle. Huh. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, Chris owns and operates Body First Chiropractic in Belmede. Um, what is the actual address down there? Uh, it's 1913 East Pleasant Valley Boulevard. It's Altoona. It's, so, oh, it yeah, is actually yeah. Altoona. Yeah. Okay. So they, it's don't, they don't break this. Down line. by Marzoni's or like right there near us. I'm 1982. Really? Belmede Drive. Nice. Yeah. Yes, yeah, right up behind us. Yeah. So if you go down to round two, he's right in the uh, plaza next to it, uh, down by Marzoni's, a little bit further. That's Marzoni's, between Mar- Marzoni's and Martin's. Yes, so, that's a yeah. good, good description. So uh, we're going to deep dive into you, Chris. We're going to kind of talk about how you got started, um, the future of, of your business, everything you've done, your specialties, and why you kind of separate yourself from other chiropractors in the area, which personally I know why, but I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Uh, before we begin, some updates on the gym. We have, what do we got? You said something about... Girls Gone right. Wild? Girls Gone Rx. Oh. It is October 15th. It's in Virginia. Um, if you're interested, ask Ange. Uh, I do have an address if you go to the front desk. But we have um, several teams here. We have, I think we have four teams going down. Um, it's a really cool CrossFit event that they do this to raise money for breast cancer awareness. So, so it's a can really we cool. go? Oh, yeah, we're going down. I'm going down October 15th. They're coming with me. Nice. Well, so we're going to awesome. drive down. It's like a four-hour drive, I think, but it's going to be a good time. Cool. We have uh, sweat for the I'm sorry. Sounds like a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah. It, it, it's a how many how many groups are going from here? I think we have four teams of four teams of three. Each team has three people on it, and we got some fire breathers in here. We got some. Oh, well, yeah. if you know Ange, the girl that runs this place, yeah. that girl she's she's legit. She works she works hard. But then her teammates, you have a girl named Rachel, um, Terry. I, I can't remember all the names. I know Jenny's in it, but all the girls that are doing this are legit, like functional fitness. Gurus, they're very good at what they're doing. So it'll be interesting to watch them go down here and compete. Um, Sweat for Vets. Sweat for the Vets is in November. It's the first Saturday in November. Um, that Calendar is, says July. If, yeah, if you, if you haven't got signed up for that, Probably make sure you get signed up. Off. Sweat for the Vets is a great event. Um, it's up the side of Pinecroft. We run up Pinecroft Power Lines yep. down the side of the mountain. So Brush bring your chair, run shoes. Yep. Brush Mountain Sportsman Center. Yep, that's where it's at. It's going to be uh, It's a really good run. It's challenging. I've but worked on a lot of patients after that. Yeah. You're, don't worry. I'll be down to see you after that one, I'm sure, after I fall on the rocks. Um, Friday else? night at the bar. Friday night at the bar. We're killing it. Jeez, yeah. man. Friday night at the bar. To the listeners that come, holy smokes. You guys are. We're like, we're, we're getting out of control with it. We, we're going to have to just. I like it. I think Friday nights, we're just going to have to close the gym early and just have it. We'll just take over the main floor. Because honestly, we're Stop running over the tennis courts. Yeah, we're going to have to bring our stuff to the tennis courts. We're. Very we appreciate each and every one of you guys coming in for that. Um, it's very, very humbling to see you guys come in. And man, the workouts are awesome. We had a good one this. Everybody's saying the same thing. Our, our lats are. Oh, we man. did 125 pull-ups. Man, our backs are shot. So it was good. Uh, all right. So anything else? Nope. Okay. Without further ado, uh, Dr. Chris Riddle. So welcome. 
Sir. I'm just happy to be here. You know, so, we, would, we talked about this, I don't know how long ago. We did. Trying to get in here, and it was coordinating days and getting yeah. everything figured out, so it's it's here. It is, and we had a, had a couple, my work schedule, we get mandated a lot, and I had a couple Sundays that got mandated, so we bumped everything. So I appreciate you coming in, because I know you're coming in from a distance, so it's not that well, far. you're coming in from the other side of Tipton, right? I was at the office. Oh, I think you're all right. I was at State College like an hour ago. Yeah, but you're used to that kind Please. of drive. So um, real quick, Chris, you've been doing chiropractic work for how long? Uh, it'll be 15 years in our, uh, two weeks. 15 years? 15 already. years in, in that office. And so if you can back up a little bit, can you kind of give us a little history, how you got started in this? So it was, it was kind of crazy. I grew up around chiropractic. I had, um, I had two really good friends. One that has passed away since. Um, so three brothers that were all in a, in a chiropractic family. I mean, their, their grandfather was a chiropractor, their dad, their two uncles, it, and it just branched down. And now all four of their, you know, three of their siblings, all chiropractic. And they grew up a mile and a half up the road in between my dad's farm and my grandfather's farm. And just kind of being around them and learning the difference between chiropractic and other medicines at the time you know so I grew up in a medicinal household as most people did mm -hmm. you know you, you started running fever you took something to stop it you started showing any signs of sickness you ran to the doctor and got right. something and you know as I got older and talking to them about things they're like you don't need that you know this is what your body naturally does this is, you're doing what you're supposed to do a fever is trying to kill something and you let it go I'm like that doesn't make any sense but it does you know, it does. You, you know right. why would your body do it anyhow if it wasn't supposed to so that kind of led me into more of toward that holistic because for, for a time period through injuries in high school playing sports, I went to, you know, I was joiner at the time before University of Orthopedics yeah. and I was in there doing PT and getting things done, had shoulder surgery, rehabs, and I just saw how not taking care of yourself preventatively led to that. You know, there, there was nothing in that realm of the orthopedic and medical that showed you do this the right way and you won't end up here. So that kind of pushed pushed that sports medicine thing away from me and pushed me a little more toward chiropractic. You have a, uh, in your office, you have a sign that says if you would take all the medicine, if you put all the medicine in the ocean, it would be good for humans and bad for the fish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always liked that saying because it, and it's 100% true. Like, if we can learn to get away from medicine and, and let the body do what it naturally does. Right. Um, and I'm sure there's a fine line there. We'll get into that. But I'm glad uh, you said that because I, we just painted the office, and I took that down off my shelf there and stuck it in the break room. I think I'm On that the shelf. I'm going to put that back up now. I, you said that. I like that thing. Somebody, I mean, somebody read it, and they, it stuck with them. So, yeah. yeah. One of the first times I read that, I went, that's a pretty good saying. Like, it, it, it just kind of resonated with me because it just made sense. Like, we don't really, all this medication, that's the first thing we do is we jump to medicine. I... I'm guilty of it too. My kid right now is a fever. So what did I do? I gave him some Tylenol cold and flu. But, mm -hmm. wrap, you know, wrap him up in a dozen blankets, make sure he's hydrated, and let him sweat. Let him go. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so with chiropractic, you're a little bit different. In my book, I think you're a little bit different than most chiropractors. I also grew up in a chiropractic household. Um, I had a family member that was a chiropractor. It took me to see you. You know, I was at that time 38 years old before you said, hey, you got some scoliosis going on here. Never even knew I had it. Yeah. Um, and beyond that, not only do you just, you put a lot of time into what you do and you're very passionate about what you do, but you're able to fix outside of my spine. You put a shoulder back in for me. 
Uh, you've seen a lot of issues that I've had because of what I do. Yeah. Um, so do you consider yourself more like a sports chiropractor? I tend to steer, uh, let me backtrack here a second. When we first got into it, that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to just touch all the athletes in the area, right? We, we wanted to get all the athletes into the, into the office and work on them and just improve that um, function of their bodies. Then we started realizing, you know, it, everybody's an athlete in what they do every day. Yes. You know, just getting out of bed and doing what you need to do is an athletic performance, you know, based on their, based on their conditioning for, for what they have, right? So going into the factory and working all day long, you have that repetitious movement, and that wears on your body. But it's not just wearing on the spine, it's wearing on every movable joint in your body. You know, it could be your ankle that's messing up your hip, and we need to check that out. So I just adjusted a girl's ankle the other day that was complaining about her foot. And she's like, I didn't know you did that. I was like, any movable joint in the body we're going to touch. I said, that's the major misconception chiropractically, and I know it's one of the things you, yeah. you said that we were going to touch on. If it is going to affect the way you move, it needs to be addressed. So I kind of try to look for those things to where, you know, a lot of people just think, I don't have back pain, my neck doesn't hurt. Why do I need to see a chiropractor? You know? And that crazy? Yeah. And this is where that misconception of chiropractic needs, like you have to understand, you are a movement specialist. You're like a human engineer. You understand how the body works and it's all connected. Uh, but you said something there that I'm glad to hear you say it. Everybody's an athlete. Human beings by design are athletic. I mean, we, when people hear athletes, you think you're playing a sport. No. Body, the, the, our everyday life is dynamic. Mm -hmm. Everything we do, we have to jump, run, lift, carry. It's just how it works. That is Athletic Motion 101. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad to see people out there. You walk around. I was at Del Grosso. I was walking around Harvest Fest yesterday. And I'm looking at people that are struggling. Oh. Their movements are off. You know, yes. Their gait patterns are staggered. Their, their body shape is, is you know, out of sorts because of the lack of conditioning for what they actually need every day. Yeah. You know, it's just, you sit down in a chair and you go to get back up, how many times do you do that a day? And every time you push yourself up out of the chair with your arms, mm -hmm. what's, what's weak? Your right? hamstrings, yeah, our quads, hamstrings yeah. our quads, our glutes, everything is just, it's breaking down on us. Well, they say sitting is the new smoking. Right. We sit oh, so much that our hamstrings are becoming shorter. Yes, People with lower backs are starting to go out more. They have all this lower back out. pain. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we should, we should all have to be standing up for the podcast. But should be. it is true. Like, um, we are now in a society of complete comfort and it's destroying our body. Yeah, it was, it was about a month ago. My daughter and I were somewhere and we watched this lady try to step up onto something that was probably maybe two and a half steps high. And she put her left leg up, collapsed her body onto her knee, she was stuck. Unbelievable. And she, you know, she was older, probably late 50s. But late 50s... That's pretty young. Without being able to push yourself yes. with your left leg, you know... You saw maybe, 30 to 40 years of life left. Yeah, 20-some inches high. You know, well, when, pulling with her all her might, with her upper body, and jumping with her her down leg to try and get herself up over that was like well that right there's the purpose that you all never quit working out you always do something every day yep. to make yourself a little bit better this would be such a good podcast because you and i have been on the same page for a long time but even you and i josh when we train um i don't really train well now i'm not saying we never do sometimes if we have a weak muscle i might isolate the muscle mm -hmm. i train movement patterns i don't chest i don't train back and buys or chest and tries i push pull vertical, horizontal in both directions, squatting, hinging. I try to work the fun, the foundational movements because that's what's going to 
That's what's going to have longevity for our life. Well, that's, that's what's got you started in this. Yes. Right? Yeah, well, my... Just issues of your own. Yes. It With my hips and everything yeah. else. Um, well, how many videos this guy sent me of him in the gym? Hey, can you take a look at my squat? What am I doing? <laughs> he said, stop. 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 <laughs> Sending me pictures of your butt. But, yeah. <laughs> Why? Why are you naked? Dad, just look at the squat. <laughs> just look at the squat. <laughs> uh, but, and, Man. What's pretty awesome is when I have come to see you in, in numerous times, um, you've never once said, stop lifting weights or stop doing what you do. You've said, fix your movement. You've told me that a few times. Like, hey, you're compensating this. This is why your back is going out. But I really appreciate the fact that you never stopped me from doing what I love to do because I would have told you to go eat shit either way. Like, if you're going to tell me, hey, you're done, I'm going to tell you no because this is... This we is were going to keep shit. doing it. And I, I started learning that. <laughs> we were going to do it anyhow. Yeah, yeah, he knew I was yeah. going to. I, I get a lot of patients that went to chiropractors in the past, you know, older chiropractors years ago that go home and sit on the couch after your adjustment and let this settle. I'm like, that's the worst thing you can do. Yes. I get a lot of people that come in and they're like, can I go to the gym after this? I'm like, absolutely. If yes. I put it where it needs to be and go you're ahead. aligned, go train it like that so yes. the muscle can start building that muscle memory to put it where it's supposed to be and hold it there. And that, that's where we run into trouble. People people get out of place. They're hurting after, after a workout. They go home, they rest. They hit the gym the next day and think, I'll work through it. Creates an injury. Slowly over time, they're building that injury up because the body compensated. Right. So you got those three muscles on each side that's supposed to be doing the same exact thing. And on one side of your body, one of those muscles is hurt and he's not working or working to his full ten potential, right? Mm -hmm. You still do the workout and now you've overworked those other two on that side, underworked one that's resting, and you just repeat that process over and over until you end up with, you know, it may be the tendonitis, it may be the torn labrum, it may be, you know, an injury that you're going to end up pulled completely from your workouts yep. into therapies and everything else. And it's... We've been told for years, you know, there's no pain, no gain, push through, push through it. I think there's a, there's some truth to it, but there's also a lot of lies to it as well. There has to be some smart training, understanding the difference between having me hurt, being injured, and saying, I maybe I should be yeah. paying attention to why my, I'm having tendonitis or I'm having an issue. So with that being said... Spine. Let's get start with the spine. Your take on training spinal flexion, um, or people are um, flexion intolerant, however it might be. Um, people with deadlift, let's say that say, man, my back always hurt my deadlift. What would your suggestion be? Well, that's just a mobility issue, for the most part. So something is binding to create that pain. So they're they're shutting off certain muscles in order to gain the movement to perform the exercise. And that that muscle that is overworking is creating the pain for them, right? So when they're going through a deadlift and they're coming up through, and they get, let's say, that first point, and you're going to step in here and tell me all the muscles that do that, right? Okay. So they're clear down, bars on the ground. They go to pull that up. What, what's the first few muscles that kind of grab and do that? Well, I mean, your lat muscle definitely engage. You get that bar in there. Glutes and back up, get that head straight. Yep. And then your glutes and hamstrings are driving drive through the ground should be... And the further you come up, your weight displacement. And if you if you go through it really slow, you'll feel your weight displacement in your feet change. Correct. Right. And as that does that, it's just like standing up with no, no weight in your hand and kind of leaning forward and leaning back. If that muscle didn't shut off and turn another one on right away, you're going to fall too far forward, too far back. So it's that perfect symmetry of those muscles moving as you come up through that 
if you have that one weak spot or your hips aren't hinging correctly because something's off, you're imbalanced, mm -hmm. it doesn't transition right. Loads one point to get you past, let's say, from that 60 degree to that 90 or whatever the angle is. Yeah, whatever that would be. Yeah. So at that angle to where that muscle's supposed to shut off and all the rest are supposed to kick in, the other ones aren't kicking in yet because your hips, one hip is transitioning, the other one's not there yet. Yep. That's where your pain starts coming in. You're loading those, it's probably the facet joints in your low back. Those are the pieces that the two spines ride on. Those joints are probably grinding on one another on one side versus the other because of the imbalance. That's probably, you know, for, for someone like you with scoliosis, that's been an issue for years. Yeah. You know, you start, you start coming up through and you're not just going on a straight plane with a straight spine. Right, I'm loading up at a crooked spine. So yeah. basically I'm like loading a, a weaker position. Right, so you're gonna end up loading harder on one hip yep. and then unloading onto the other side once you get to a certain point. And that's what creates pain. So it's, it's not that first rep. It was every time you bent over throughout the day before you hit the gym ah. that you did that. It's like a compounding effect. Exactly. So everything yeah, you do, so you're, you're building up, you're building up, you're building up, and finally the muscle says, no. Is this is why you think that activation drills are so important before you do a deadlift? Oh, absolutely. Making sure that the, every muscle you need is yeah. fine correctly. Yeah, and it, you see the guys come in here, and they load the bar up, and they're... <laughs> 225 for the warm-up. Yeah, there's no warm-up. Yeah. You know, they go right into it. I'm going to do three sets of this, and I'm going to try to PR today on my third set. Well, how far did you just jump with that? You know, jump. where's your body at at that point? Right. You know, so if you come in, you go through the range of motion with maybe just a uh, PVC pipe, PVC pipe, a broom handle, whatever, and you yep. just watch your motion. You move, and you th you think about where your feet are, where mm -hmm. your knees are, and keeping everything in tight, shoulders back, and you go through that lift. Yeah, and that, that goes with everything. I mean, it's that goes perfectly in the gym, and horribly outside the gym, right? <laughs> <laughs> because. Right. It's like sitting around watching an OSHA video and then saying, okay, nobody can do that. Right. You know, you go in, you walk into your own closet and you reach over and you pick up something, maybe two or three pounds, but there's two more boxes in the way. You lean the whole way out over, post a handle on the wall to hold you upright, and you grab that thing, and the next thing you know, you can't turn around and see your front car. You're like, I'm stuck. I just, on the way here, on the way home from work this morning, I was listening to a podcast, they were talking about training outside. Everybody trains in the gym, neutral spine, neutral spine, neutral spine. Mm -hmm. Life is not neutral spine. No, Life is doing what you're saying. I'm, I'm reaching to a closet, half turn, trying to pull something out. If I don't train that muscle correctly, if I don't train in anything other than neutral spine, then every time I get out of that neutral spine, something's going to give. Yeah, I have, a, I have a patient right now, and it's a great, great example of that. She injured herself last year cross-country skiing. She, she lost, or the one ski kicked out on, a, on an angle. She rolled, messed up her hip. We get all that back into place, and the least favorite thing she likes to do is run. She likes to bike, she likes to hike, she goes to classes and works out. She works out with weights, all those things. She, she hates running. She comes in, she said, I ran five miles the other day and it felt great. People were telling me before this, stop running, it looks painful. She's like, well, I hate doing it anyhow. I'm like, because you hurt. Yeah, because it hurts to run. And so she comes in, she says, it felt great. Two weeks, three weeks ago, she comes in, out of the blue, not scheduled. I'm like, what's going on? I leaned over in my desk to pick up a piece of paper and something slipped. And it's, it's exactly that. When you're running, you, you cadence yourself, especially a, a seasoned runner. Their cadence is perfect. Their foot placement, they, they know where it's going to go right. without looking down. 
and they're doing it. Riding the bike, doing her weights, all that. She knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it without hurting herself. But not running. You sit there, yeah, well, you sit there in a chair, and you're relaxed, you're doing something, your body shuts down because, okay, we have a break. We're going to relax for a minute. And you drop a piece of paper, you drop a pencil. You turn, twist, bend over, get it, and that muscle wasn't ready to fire because it was maybe weak, maybe injured, maybe trying to repair itself. And it said no. Could and be fatigue from the run, right? It could be. Yeah, it could be fatigue from any of her workouts. Anything you do, it, it was just that great example. Of you, it doesn't matter what you do when you do it. It was, it was things leading up to it. Yep. But it could be that as light as the paper. And it's funny you said that because I you hear people out here say all the time, oh, I my back's fine. You're like, listen, don't deadlift like that. You're going to hurt yourself. Just dead. I use deadlift just because it's mm. most common. But you're like, hey. And they'll be like, my back's fine. It is now. But if you continue to do that over and over, by the time you're you know, 30, all of a sudden you have severe chronic lower back problems. You can wonder why. Because and now you can't work out. Because you can't work out. What did I say the other day? Any, any workout is a lower back workout if you do it wrong enough. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. You know, yeah. even, even you come in for arm day. Yeah. And you, you lean over... Somebody left a dumbbells laying in front of the rack, and you lean over that to grab a set of 25s. And your low back tweaks a little bit. You're yep. like, oh, that hurt. And you just keep doing your workout. And then it gets worse. And, and it gets worse. So what are your thoughts on um, weight training for longevity? So how do you feel people, if I want to work out for myself, right? So I'm not talking about a power lifter or a bodybuilder competing or a crossfitter getting ready to do crossfit. So, so me and Josh are doing this for the long haul, right? Mm -hmm. So we're trying to elongate our life. What would you suggest be the... Um, style of workout, how would you program for somebody to say, hey, this is going to keep you stronger, longer, and as healthy as possible? That's going to be dependent on the individual, right? Mm -hmm. So just like writing up your plans for a client that comes in and says, this is what this is what I need to do. Number one, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, we're going to make you healthy. We're going to get your body moving. We're going to get you pulling more weight just to increase that strength. But what do you need from this? What do you do? What's your lifestyle? You know, I mean, do you sit a lot? So we need to change, loosen up all the muscles first and foremost that get tight from sitting and then strengthen all the muscles that hold you posturally in order to, for that longevity purpose. Right. Do you like to hike? Do you, do you backpack? Do you fish? What are the things that you do and how can we strengthen it? And it all, it, it always individual to that person, what they do. It's all individual to that age group. Um, and it, it, and it transitions as you go. Great. Right. So what you're doing now. What you just did back in Barbell for your workout today is going to have to change 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. Because I know if, if you're still around kicking 20 years from now, you're going to be in there or somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. So what you do back there 20 years later down the road has to be changed due to your body. Age-appropriate lifting. Age-appropriate lifting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're, you're not going to be throwing the weights that you do now. We want that movement. Well... Angie, Angie just texted me the other day and she kind of we were talking about lifting heavy and she said we're getting to the age now where we shouldn't be chasing heavyweight anymore mm -hmm. my days of heavyweight are over I mean they've been over for a while not that I was ever heavy anyways but it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow when you're in there and you see other people and you know that's where the ego has to get put aside yeah. you see people half your age and they're putting up twice as much weight and you're like I think I can still do that well every time I think I can something falls apart yeah. so being smart in my approach here and like you said knowing who you are as a person, 
the kind of clients you're dealing with or the lifestyle factors. But looking at that differently too, you know? So if we're deadlifting and you're trying to out deadlift me, which may not be a thing for you anymore, you may not be able to out deadlift me, but like when we first started out, that was like one of the first bro workout things we did together, right? Like our very first, one of the first Friday nights at the bar was me and Scott just ladder deadlifting, trying to see who could do, who could, who could yeah. do, who could yeah. do more, you know? But at the end of the day, even if I can lift more than Scott does, Scott could say, all right, let's lighten the weight and let's go for reps. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then all exactly. of a sudden, that's not my game anymore. Wait a minute, what? Yeah. You know, and that's when you, I mean, I think you're you're awfully hard on yourself. Like Ange has said many times too with, listen, your body got you how far? Yeah. How many tours of duty? Yeah. How many years of being active? She has a really good way of understanding. Like, cause, yeah, we're all judgmental on our bodies. Like, listen, that body has carried you this long and done so many things in that body mm. it, it might it's broken beaten and battered but it's still provided me what it needs to do for right. me so exactly um with that being said thanks josh that was pretty good actually i know here we that go was pretty easy, nice. easy. um yeah, i turned his microphone with off. that, that was being said so how do you <laughs> how do you how do you feel between so how would you get i guess my better question would be volume compared to intensity well, and we'll, we'll use an average person myself like okay. someone that's 40 45 how do you? How do those people um, approach weightlifting as far as? Well, I mean, my personal opinion on it is, there's there's an age range where, it's all about volume, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a, what, maybe seventeen to thirty, range, where everybody's like, push heavier. What's the weight on the bar? That's yeah, all I care. Yeah, about. what's the weight on the bar? I don't care if I go in there and I do uh, three sets. My total reps is fifteen. Right. I'm okay with that because look at the amount of weight I push and everybody's watching me. Yeah, you know that's all. That's all. It's going through their head. It's all. It's they walk out. And they get in the car and they got an itch. They got to get back out and rub it across the bumper because they, they, they can't, can't reach, reach it. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, it's. I don't like. I don't like uh, powerlifting. I'm no. not a big fan of it because of the injury state. Right. You you powerlifted in your younger days. Good luck moving. You you guarantee <clears throat> knees and hips at some day. You know yep. you're going to get replaced just from that, that constant abuse to those joints. They're, they're designed to carry a load, but they're designed, we're more designed to carry a load for a long period of time, right? I mean, pack a, pack a rucksack up and go, and go as far as you can, but you throw the, throw the bar on your shoulders loaded to your, to your max, yep. and you're gonna walk 10 feet, and you're gonna be done with it. That's okay for a younger body that can recuperate but you got to transition out of that at some point in time. Um, short-lived career. Yeah, short-lived yeah. career. So I really like the, the high rep workouts. I mean, most of the stuff, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I have fallen off the wagon tremendously workout-wise lately. Really? Yeah. Surprising. And, and it, it's driving me nuts because I want to get back to it, and every time, and I'm, I'm going to use the worst excuse in the book of I have no time. And that is the worst excuse it because is. I know there's time. But you are I mean, busy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I could do, I could do it. Well, I could Jack, done, everybody. I could have done a wrestling. couple workouts today in any amount of time that I had, but I, I just kept finding things to do, right? So that's my ADHD. I can't sit down and do it. <laughs> but so the higher reps, I feel beyond maybe creating too much inflammation and fraying things, but it's going to condition that body to do whatever you need to do later in life you know you're going to be able to walk around your house if you yes. can if you can run 10 miles at 40 you could get out of bed and walk around your home 
without stopping to sit down when you're 70. You know, yes. you, you'll just slowly trickle down your distance. And that's where people get into trouble. They don't walk two miles when they're 30, 40 years old. And they can't walk 100 yards whenever they're 70. Yeah. It's crazy to think that, like, <laughs> as you're talking about bodies and being, being in motion and staying in motion, I can remember whenever I was in um, high school, my grandmother had both of her knees done. You know, and she didn't like to walk. She, you know, we would go to car shows and stuff with, like, my grandfather. And she had one of those little, like, rascal scooters mm-hmm. that she would cruise around on. I mean, you fast forward now 20 years later, and my grandfather has since passed away. And she's now living on in, in the house by herself. She gets up in the morning now at 6 in the morning, goes to the garage. Like, she goes up and down the steps now. Like, the things that she wouldn't do then that she could have done, you know, she's... It's, it's crazy to me to see that, like, it, she's in her late 80s. You know, and she's like, she just won't stop yeah. now. Yeah. You know, but like, but I, it, it made me wonder thinking back to that the other, I was actually thinking about that the other night that like, you know, what if, what would have happened differently if she would have just kept moving then? You know what I mean? Like, as soon as those surgeries were done, instead of it being kind of painful, you know what I mean? And, and taking the time, get with it then and do it instead those of giving it that those rush. Those surgeries were a lot different back then. And the, the joints that they're putting in now are a lot nicer and a lot more <laughs> tailored to that movement. I mean, years ago, what they were putting athletes, that was untouchable for the general person. For like now, Bo Jackson. Yeah. I mean, Bo Jackson had to say, some people like, how is he still doing this? Yeah, and now top now the stuff they were getting back then, we're getting, and we're able to do right. what he did. Yeah. We continue to move the way we moved, and it's only going to get better. But that was a big thing for her. She, I mean, she got those knees replaced, and they, they didn't size them correctly, and everything was so tight, and they tightened right. everything down to where it wouldn't be loose and, and wobbly, and now... Now I think they're actually leaving them a little bit loose to gain that mobility quicker. Yeah. And they're pushing you to rack it up. You know, hip surgery 15, 20 years ago, you laid in bed for a couple of days after they put Just it in. Just going to say this. Yeah. When I got my hips done, I'll never forget, my grandma was a nurse. So I was still under anesthesia. Like, I was still a little loopy from the anesthesia. And I remember they come in, uh, occupational therapy come in, and they goes, get up, we're going for a walk. And I'm like, I can barely see straight at this point. I'm like, what? They're like, you, you got to set that hip in. Let's go. We're going for a walk. They give your walker, and their goal was to get you moving as fast as mm-hmm. possible. And my, my, I never forget my grandmother going, he's supposed to be in bed. Like, he's better. And they're like, no, we don't do that anymore. Scott's out there doing bar, bar, bar burpees. And well, you know what's funny he's, is he's doing walker burpees. And I was supposed to get up and just walk to the nurse's desk and back. When I got the nurse's desk, I'm like, hey, can we keep going? He's like, you go as far as you want. I just felt good moving. Like, yeah. it was so I walked the entire hallway. And, Movement is And then I was the first guy in Altoona Hospital to be same-day surgery hip replacement. I was in, but for not the not the first one, the second hip replacement. The claim came in and said, "I'm going to get you out of here tonight." He's like, "There's no need for you to stay." Nice. He holds so the right at six o'clock lap in the times. Yeah, lap yeah. times around the nurses' station. I saw I saw the whole hospital that day. Is what you said. Yeah, <laughs> I, I went everywhere. But it was it, you're right though. The the and like Doctor Clayton said, it was basically like basic carpentry. Cut the old hip in, threw the new one in. He said it's very nowadays. That's a very easy surgery. So. Here, I'll give you a fun fact real quick. This is the funniest thing. Not funny, but interesting. They have a guy in the, in the surgery room now. This guy, his, he gets paid big money. He has my leg up in this, like, boot. And Clayton will be like, hey, dislocate the knee. He makes a couple adjustments. They hit a button, and this thing goes, and, like, dis- dislocates your knee. He gets paid, like, six figures a year just to sit there and hit a couple buttons on this. And this leg, and all it does is control my leg. Yeah, I'm sure there's, no, I'm sure there's nothing more to it yeah, than that. Yeah, there's no... 
He doesn't have to have any training. He's yeah. just <laughs> That's not, I'm just saying he's got a good like job. Last I'm sure week, the training. Last week he was mopping the floors. I'm sure this the week he's the, hip, he's, the, he's the displacement <laughs> they guy. They walked out. They saw he had a winch on the front of his car. What I'm saying. Like, what I'm you saying. Know how to run that. You know how to use that. <laughs> come into her. Come into her <laughs> surgery. Wait a minute. I got Push this button. Yeah. Hold on. I'm saying that the job, I'm sure the training yeah. was very Six hard. Figures. I'm sure he does. That's a great job. That's a nice, good longevity job because you can just sit there and be like, man, I can do this the rest of my life. Just Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of people go to school for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> sons of bitches. You know, I know I talked to you too. Well, I didn't know that guy existed, so I'm yeah. glad you said that. It was. It was. Yeah. He was really neat. Well, um, my career path has officially changed. Yeah. So, for you, um, in your line of work, what would you suggest to somebody? So, you you have something called the McGill Big Three, which you've heard about, right? The bird dogs yeah. and the side planks. And you know, according to Doctor, his name's Doctor Stuart McGill. If anybody's interested, you look him up. Um, but he thinks those three exercises are like the big three for, for back health and back strength. What's your take on it? What, what would you say, if I want my spine to be healthy for as long as possible, what daily routine would you suggest for people? It's, number one is break their daily routine they have now. You know, if they're already coming in me and they have pain, they have to break the routine they already have and we gotta start adding in. So that's where we start looking for, where's your weakness? Where's your, uh, where's your tight areas? and start focusing on that. If you're, if you're spending 90% of your day seated, you have to figure out a way to spend a few minutes a day in a complete opposite direction. And I tell a lot of people, I mean, a lot of my older patients like, how high is the bed in your room? And they'll describe it to me. I'm like, walk in, sit down on the end of your bed and fall back. Try to keep your feet on the floor. That's, that's the furthest without <laughs> draping them over a gym ball right. that you can get them from a chair. I mean, if, if, you're, spending, good, yeah. if you're spending that much time sitting in a chair, the other big one um, that was a, a major issue for us for years, we always, chiropractically, we always focused on neck curve, right? You know, we, now we have a, a thing called tech neck. You're sitting around on your phone, you're looking down all the time, and it's, it's, it is getting way worse. You know, I get a lot of younger patients. That kyphosis, like almost yeah. like developmental kyphosis, just yeah. looking down. Yeah, and, it, and you, you nailed it right there. Kyphosis is the rolling forward of the thoracic spine, the mid-back. Mm-hmm. And a, the lordosis in the low back is the same curvature in the neck, and we lose that looking down all the time. But we're rolling forward in the thoracic. So I can tell people all day long, go home and work on your neck curve. You know, pick up a neck roll online, or they call them dental rolls, or cervical apex pillows. Pick one of those up, lay on the floor on that for a couple minutes every night to reintroduce that curvature in your neck. And all it is is technically relaxing the, the posterior muscles of the neck mainly those trap muscles that roll up through, and stretching the muscles on the anterior portion of the neck from the chest up to the chin, because they're the ones that are getting tighter. They're not getting tighter from use and abuse, and I'm not holding a football helmet up or a motorcycle helmet. They're, they're just shortened, because your chin got closer to your chest all day long. <laughs> so we just need to stretch them. Now we're starting to see more, and I see it more in my practice, that that kyphosis, that mid-back curvature is rounding forward. And we get that transition on an x-ray that that spine's in front of the shoulder as it's coming up into the neck, and then their spine of their neck goes perfectly straight from there. They're still still able to hold their head up. They're not having a, they're having neck pain, but they're rolled forward at the shoulders. When they sit, yeah. you see this. I feel like your guys are looking at me right well, now. No, you, you, end up with, I you, end up, you end up with all this bunched up material from your shoulder into your chest to where that should be flatter across there, right? Right. Naturally standing, moving around. So let's start focusing now more on 
that thoracic curve, which if it falls back, the neck's going to come with it. And then, then we'll keep worrying about the neck too if that's an issue. But that seems to be 90% of the problem now just from that posture. You reach forward for your keyboard, you're, you're holding your phone in front of you. I mean, we don't even read books anymore, so your hands don't even have a chance to get this part apart. Right. Because even the, even the, the nooks and kindles and things like that are narrower than, than a standard book. But um, I actually, you have your eyes say cert, right? You're yes. certified. So yeah. he also, he's a personal trainer, so he does a little of everything. And I, oh. I, mainly got, I mainly got that, and I trained, yeah, he's good. I trained in the gym at college without a certification just because watching people do stuff wrong just drove me insane, mm-hmm. you know, like it does for you. Yes, it does. And, and so when I got into practice, I said, I need something on the wall. So when I tell somebody to do something, they at least see that I'm credentialed to do it. Yeah. Right? So I finished it after I got into practice. But that gives me that insight to be able to tell people, try this, try that. And I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Kind of thing. But well, the reason I asked you, do you, do you know the, they have a form that they send out. They bring like a newsletter. Mm-hmm. The last newsletter was talking about just what you talked about, that developmental kyphosis. That's how I kind of knew about it. I yeah. read about it. Um, and they're saying now for exercises, you want to do two to one pull exercises. You should do two pull exercises to every one push Absolutely, exercise. Yeah. So a lot of face pulls. Get high, developing those back shoulders to help get those muscles back in order. So yeah, and in college, it was, was a good the, read. The big one in college was there were more pull-up bars in our gym than there were benches, hmm. and it was chiropractic college, so it, it made sense. It you know, when you looked at it, like, well, this makes sense. There was more. There was more stuff in there to train your back because they realized the people that had been there before me and all the people in charge of the gym throughout the years, they realized that's the thing that's going to keep us doing our job. We yeah. spend all day looking down at somebody on a table. So it'd be like going into your kitchen, and instead of working on your countertop, you go over and work on your kitchen table, which is lower. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the night, standing there chopping and doing things, it, it's going to kill you. You're back. constantly, you're constantly. You, you just bent over all day long. Yeah. So how can we strengthen these people to make it easier for them, longevity-wise? And it, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Train for what you do every day. Right. Don't overtrain because you're already doing it all day long, but train it to counteract that overtension that you created mm-hmm. and then train to make sure that you're still going to be able to do it. That's good. You know, that's, that's, that's good. nobody does that though. They, they get home from work and they're exhausted. You're exhausted from what you did, but the rest of your body, you know, it's like, I think uh, restless legs a made up issue. Agreed. You know? You think it's just the body yeah. has a bunch of stored energy you that needs all these to be stored, You get all these, all these, Stores of, of muscle energy in your legs. Yeah. You sat all day. You get into bed, you lay there, and you're like, ah, my legs are twitching. Yep. Then then you get that runner that comes in and tells you they have restless leg. I'm like, okay, maybe it's not, right? But majority of the people yep. are not moving. I think there's a lot of disease out there, a lot of, not disease, but there's a lot of issues that people, they want that label to say, hey, you have this, but it comes down to you just have stored energy that you need to burn. Yeah, people are looking wow. for an excuse. People are looking for whatever... Whatever the answer is, you know, oh, well, this is why you do that, because you have this. Oh, okay, well, I have this, so that's, yeah. that's why I'm not, no. And you're right on with disease. I, you know, I mean, yeah. because disease is, it, it's not, when you when you say that word, break that word down for a minute. Yeah. Dis is, you know, you can put that in front of functions, dysfunctions, right. Right? it's not working right. Ease is everything working correctly. You know, it's not, right. it's not a condition. You know, it's it's just the lack of proper function. Yes. So that word could be used more in our setting here than it is in the medical, because 
what we want is proper function. Mm -hmm. So we don't want malfunction. We don't want dis-ease. If you're going to go out there and you're going to lift and it's easy or it's natural to flow through that, dis-ease is, yeah, yeah. is the unnatural portion of it. You know, and that, so that was the original. That was the original um, definition of that word. I mean, it was the body is under ease, so everything's working properly. And when it's not working properly, it's not in ease; it's disease. So it would be disease, and yeah. yeah. So if like, yeah. so lack of movement would be a disease. It's not moving absolutely, not moving at all, really. Yeah. Um, so it's and talk about a hard sell. So I tell people all the time: people were hurt, people were saying knees hurt, and you're looking at people: knees hurt, hips hurt, back hurts, and you're looking at them; they're 50, 60 pounds overweight. And my first comment is, have you tried losing weight? Have you tried getting to the gym? And they're like, nah, I got arthritis. I was told by the doctor that I have this itis, that itis. I have degenerative joint disease. I have cartilage going out. I bought this same bullshit. I really did. Mm -hmm. Because once a doctor labels you and gives you an excuse and a way out, you now have a way out. Now instead of saying, I probably should go to the gym and lose weight, they're like, wouldn't it matter because I've been diagnosed with this symptom yeah, or this disease, right? So people now kind of fall into the trap of, oh, wow, no, no matter what I do, I have this disease. I have this de just degenerative joint disease, which, by the way, if you're 40, you have degenerative joint disease. Absolutely. Everybody will. It's just yep. it's an age-related thing. Um, and I use abuse. Yeah, I think the doctors, again, I'm not getting into that. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to comment outside of my lane. I think we need to change how we tell patients what they have. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, hey, you have degenerative disease, you say, hey, you have signs of aging, but appropriately, if you lose some weight, get some of that weight off that Do we really need to change the way doctors say things or do we need to change the way people interpret things? That's a good point. That's because a that's, very, that's, that's a very good perception point. perception of it all, Even right? Everything's perception. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, you, you've had that. Yeah. Who'd you have in here a couple weeks ago? Uh, who'd we have? The guy in a wheelchair, right? Oh, yeah, Luke. Uh, Luke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Luke's in here mm -hmm. and he's telling his story about how he got injured and what he's done since. Could he have taken everything the doctors told him and said, I can't do anything Yes, he could have. Right? And it, there's it's all mindset. Those stories are out there. Unfortunately, they're one in ten. Yes. So, f for every one of his stories, we have nine other people that go home and park their ass on the couch. Yep. And it that either that doctor unknowingly created that, or nobody else was in place for yeah. that individual to say, "All right, well, let's figure out what you can do." Yeah. Right. And let's try to do that better. Yeah, I think I think you guys are right because. The doctors obviously just doing their job. That's what they're. That's you know yeah. they're they're telling. And at the end of the day, they have two minutes to tell you. Yeah. Here's what your problem is. Right. I gotta go. There's 17 other people in here. There's yeah. 17 other so assholes. With here's the same what problems. you have. Yeah. Fix um, it. Or go home. Do look it up online it. because I don't have time to tell you all the ins and outs of it. Yeah. This is what you have. One. Write it down. Well, and this is why I like you and Dr. Hampton. You guys give me all. I go to your office. And I you know I am a bullshit a lot. I'm trying to take more time than he. But you always. You take time to sit down with me, tell me, hey, this is what you need to fix, do this, do this. Hampton does the same thing. Hampton be like, you, like, here's what's going on. He takes yeah. his time, tells me what's going on, how to fix it properly. He doesn't just throw meds at me. He's like, hey, like, do fix this, it. slow this down, um, try to work. Try this. Straighten these muscles up. Yeah. And that's what I like. And that I wish I wish more of the general population would be told you need to get you need to start moving more, eating less, and you know. Try to lose some of your weight. Yeah, I don't want to. That prescription, see, I think, should be put we out see a lot a more. Push for that in in let's say spurts, right? We we see those cycles of man. Everybody's out there trying to do better for themselves, and all these new places are popping up that they create health, wellness, and mobility, mm -hmm. um, healthy food stores, all this, all, all this and that. And then we have something like the pandemic, we just went through that crashed everybody. Yep. You know, and coming out of it. 
you see people that were extremely dedicated and mindset back into it. And on the weight thing that you were touching on earlier, I always look at people when they say, you know, if I could get some of this weight off, I was like, did you gain it yesterday? Or has it been a 30-year process Correct. of getting to where you're at? You yeah. know, so let's make it a 30-year process to get back to where you need to be. Don't go insane and do something stupid because those are the other big problems that are out there right now are these fad diets. and Yeah, Mis- miscommunication. Yeah, yeah, all this stuff that... Oh, he knows all about fad diets. He's chased every single one of them. <laughs> that's not going to work. You know, it, it, right. we learn that the hard way by trying every one that comes out. But your body is showing wear and tear of that 30-year process of gaining your weight. It's not like you threw a couple plates in your backpack and said, okay, I'm going to carry this around now. Now my knees hurt from doing this all day right. long. It was just slowly progressing. Your knees hurt from 30 years of beating on them or yeah. whatever you've done. Yeah, and every time you gain a couple pounds... They were like, ah, oh, man, we got to work harder. Now we got to work harder. Yeah. Every year got worse. So it's it needs to go back, and you know, it's it, your post the other day. My wife reposted it. Yeah, yeah. The teacher the, one. The teacher taking away the gym class. I made that the post. childhood obesity. Oh, I made that post because my son came home and said, hey, you know, and I, the teacher might have just used it. Maybe they were doing it. They had every intention of doing recess with him, and maybe they just use it as a example. A, as an class, example, yeah. like. Hey, they're going to do it either way, but the kids don't know that. My problem with it is you're teaching kids. So when push comes to shove, your physical movement, your physical exercise comes secondary to everything else in your life. And I just don't believe in that. Right. I think they need to be pushing that saying, yes, you need to have a, a, a strong brain. you got to be able to be smart, but you got to be strong and you got to be able to move. Yeah, and we got to get away from this six hours of sitting and thinking that's okay. We start making them run laps instead of yeah. making them sit on the wall and watch everybody else have recess. Correct. That's okay. perfect. You can tell them, fine, if you guys want to go out and have fun with recess, you know, then behave. If you're not going to be fine, then we're going to have a structured recess, and I'm going to make you guys run, do push-ups and sit-ups. Absolutely. You're still moving. They still get the intent of it. Well, the and whole, that'd be even better. still doing the exact design yeah. of recess. Give Correct. those kids a break. Let them run off some energy. Yeah. Now, of course, a couple people got mad at that You were going to throw that I, f- I feel like there's, again, and this is my always devil's advocate thing to it, at the end of the day, too, the teachers only have so much time. Mm-hmm. You know, so... How do you want? How do you want your child to learn things? Do we want the parents to be responsible for anything? Because if we're going to have the teachers having time, we're going to set aside an hour and a half a day for them to do exercise and talk about how they should eat. What the fuck's the parents supposed to actually do? You know, so the parents aren't going to teach you how to do math because the parents, ninety-five percent of the time nowadays, can't do the math themselves. I work with a lot of them. I'm sorry to say, a lot of people nowadays honestly can't balance their own checkbook. They can't sign a check in cursive. Whose fault's that? That's what I'm saying. So, you know, we're generationally, we used to, it used to be better with recess, I agree, but at, at some point, it, it, the whole thing, the whole system's so flawed, you know, it, it, and it's not, it's not even just exercise, it's, it's, systematic it's so systematic bad everywhere. This. We've gotten away from everything that we actually need to learn. Yeah. Yes. Like, ask a kid to go put clothes in the laundry and wa- wash and dry their own clothes. No. Yeah. Go, do, go do dishes. No. What? You know, like, what do you mean? How do you do that? And we just throw the stuff away. It's dirty. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> you look at you look at this, and like you said, so you want my you want me to teach? Let's say Common Core. I can't teach Common Core because I wasn't taught it. This is where systemic Absolutely, comes in. Yeah. So I can't teach my kid if I didn't learn it. I can't. We'll take nutrition. Most people don't know nutrition. The majority of the population doesn't understand proper nutrition. They follow Agreed. whatever fad diet they can find online. Mm-hmm. True nutrition, or they don't know it, so they can't pass it on to their kid. So now. 
I don't understand nutrition, so I'm not going to tell my kid about nutrition. Who's not going to tell his kid about nutrition? We just and lost for the generation, next generation, generation of shitty eating. And because worse, worse yet, every year, every generation, you want your kids to have it easier than you did, right? Ah, man, I, my kids, fuck, I had to work way too hard to make this money. I don't want my kids, you know, they, they should have it easier. Yeah. Okay, well, like three generations ago, that started. We're to the point now where these kids don't have to do anything. Yeah, and you know? like I don't want my kid to work because he's in high school. He needs to focus on on training. He needs to focus on school. He needs to focus on playing fo- football or whatever. At what point is this kid gonna have any social skills where he can go out and actually sit down for an interview? Where he can go out and actually have a job and know what being on time is? Yeah, it's non-existent. I can see it every single day of my life, and it is well, it's worse and worse. You consider and talk about issues with that forever. I mean, yeah, my son, my nineteen-year-old, he works for the Carpenters Union now. Pretty smart in school, um, did very, very well. Wanted to go into uh, VOTEC and learn a skill, right? And I'll never forget his counselor told him, you're too smart for that. Yep. And I went, what? Well, what does that mean? That he's, he's too smart, so you're basically saying only dumb people take trades. And if you're paying attention right now, that's where the money's You're at. missing it all. You're, the yeah. money right now is in trades. Yep. And these skilled, kids that are doing it. Skilled labor. Because yep. everybody took the easy way out. Everybody, now, took, everybody went doing. and got all the degrees and all the fluffy degrees they wanted Correct. to get. And now they're, now getting bailed now out. they're not working. Now they've yeah. got nothing. Yeah. They, get, they right. get bailed out of it. And here is Aiden. Aiden's worth the carpenters unit, union. He's 19, making good money, no college debt, yep. and he loves it. And I'm like, I almost wanted to call them and be like, you know, you could have took this away from him. He could, you know... He, he might could be doing be something. He might be miserable. Miserable. Hating yeah. it. He loves what he's doing. But that's the biggest thing. So you got to tell these kids instead of saying, you know, your grades are great. You know, follow what you want. Follow what because you got to do it for the next thirty to forty yeah. years of your life. What, what is going to make you happy? Yeah. You know, think about go go out there and shadow as many jobs as you can. That's one big thing that doesn't happen anymore. I mean, I know Bellwood still pushes that shadow program mm-hmm. for some of these kids, but they're not pushing these kids out there to see it. You know, take your kid to work day. Yeah, do that. Let your kids see what you do. The, see that what way, when they about. walk out at the end of the day and they look at you, you're like, "How do you do that all day? That sucks." For the reason I'm not taking my kid to a prison, getting shit thrown at him. Right, he's good. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, and that's what and it needs to happen. He, or these kids need to walk in there and say, "Dad, I appreciate what you do, but that, that other sucks. guy, that other guy in the office, what yeah. was he doing?" Right. That looked really cool. Yeah. Well, okay, let me tell you about him. That's the big wig. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you about him. Let me tell you how he got there. And yeah, he busted his ass. He used to clean the toilets. Yeah. And then he did really good at that. And then they gave him some other stuff to do because he did well with everything. You know, yeah, they got the tractions and knees in the yeah. OR, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think it's a systematic error issue. Not it a, is. It's, it, it's, it's, all, not, it's not anything we're going to be able to handle on a podcast, but I can say it's a problem. Well, talking, yes. to, talking to patients and talking what you know, I have patients that are. Uh, administrators in the schools we're up to 30 some percent at the Bellwood School District in the ninth grade that signed up to go to tech yeah you know and he said that's that's like a 12 percent increase and you know maybe that's parents sitting at home thinking or seeing all the news saying all right we need these trades we need these trades yeah and learning more about these degrees like you well, oh, they're right why send them to college I'm not using my degree it's my older brother or my you know my yeah. older brother or sister it was in school for five years and you know they're, they're bitching and all they're doing is complaining about money right now but yeah. you know we got I got this buddy the next door neighbor's kid he's been working on cars at night for since he's got out of school and he's making more money Absolutely. than we are he's got nicer and cars than we do time with it. yeah and he, you know and it, it just changes everything yeah. but I went to Bellwood I graduated from Bellwood, yeah. and I went to Votech. I tried to go for auto tech. My family has a garage in town, you know, and I, I knew the auto tech instructor. Um, went and did all my stuff, you know, to get signed up for Votech, and they, they're like, your math scores are too high. What do you mean? 
that like your math scores are too high for you to be in auto tech. You know, you're you're going to be wasting potential. You should go be a machinist. You should go work in the machine shop. Oh wow, worked out good for me because I love that too. Yeah, you know, I love making things, so I got to do what I did like to do there. But it's yeah. it's a thing. I mean, just telling people what they need to do. Sometimes I think it's good because I think there are people that could use that little bit of a boot, but other people, right? It's just of them, they're getting pushed. Yeah. So I have a question. Yeah. Which, man, it's really loud now that Thor's open. It's also it way got, cooler. It here. got hot in here. I opened the door. Shameless plug to Ray Ross. Thanks for fixing the... I mean, we didn't fix that yet, but we're going to get that fixed. We're working on it. Yeah, we time. say that every podcast. Um, so Scott keeps telling me I have this hunchback. Maybe this is the guy. Maybe this is the guy that's going to help have, So he has... He has ethosis, right? So... And we're going to fix uh, this guy. It is. So he has a very forward head lean, but it's only at certain times. So on his normal gait, when he stands there, he looks normal. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed... When he deadlifts, he can't pull. Even when he's engaged, right, and he has that neutral spine, he's pulled back. He still has that almost like a hunchback right up top. Um, we've tried to fix it. We've been developing lats and trying to get the spinal rectors all in order and trying to. Yeah. And it's coming a little bit, but it is. It's there, and you're reading now that 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 thoracic rounding in a deadlift isn't dangerous. That's the new research right now. It's not as long as everything's engaged. When you get heavy weight, it's going to pull you forward. So there's a little bit of bannering and back and forth of, is this good or is it bad? Is thoracic rounding okay in a deadlift as long as the lower part of the spine is, you know, not compromised? I, as long as you're training those other muscles to hold that form, to be able to engage and hold you as square as you can, then there shouldn't be any problem with it, right? So if, if you're the guy that skips back day or does back exercises that are the big fancy flashy or right. a lot of weight exercises <laughs> right. and you're not doing those those slow controlled uh, functional movements that are really firing up those tiny intrinsic muscles that hold your posture right so scap retraction exercises yep. they are the most painful and least amount of weight needed exercises to do you know just stand along the wall and do a YW stretch you know, get up, squeeze your, squeeze your scaps, try to get your back against the wall. I'll just do these try to keep the floor. Your, try yeah. to keep your hands against the wall. Yeah, I can't. And, and everything starts to scream. Yep. You, you go up down the wall five, ten times, and you're like, this hurts. Well, back you up here. So you said something that I really wanted to, I'm glad you said it. Slow, controlled movement. Yeah. And him and I do this. We do a lot of tempo work. And he always, I think he did ask one time, hey, why do we do it like this? And it's for that muscle development, being able to feel if I'm pulling and something feels wrong. If I'm going slow, I'm like, all right. I can feel myself pulling too hard to the right, too hard yeah. to the left. Something isn't right. It just gives you that mind muscle connection. Faster you do it, you can't notice it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, because it's, you're kind of exploding it. Yeah. So you do think that that nice, slow tempo control work is oh, very, absolutely. very important. Yeah. And it, but it, it's not that constant, right? So that's that's in addition to your general workout you work on periodically, just to slow you down, show you where you've swayed from your general form yep. and your function, so you can focus back to that. Yeah, that's kind of where it needs thrown in there because there there are workouts out there that cannot be done, especially in the CrossFit. Yeah, like clean snatches. Yeah. You can't do them slow. Yeah, if, yeah. if you go out there and do a kip up as slow as you can. They're concentric only. What well, cleans and stuff right. are almost a concentric only movement, anyways. There's not a whole lot of a centric movement to a clean or to a snatch. Right. It's it's pretty much all concentric. Um, but again, you're looking at how we're training. Are we training for you know, muscle size development, are we training for explosiveness, are we training for athletic development? All that plays a part in you know, how you're gonna work out as well. And the biggest the biggest 
arena for that slow controlled movement is in that um, high school gym sports mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, the developmental yeah, parts. Developmental parts. So we can go in there and we can create these broad round shoulders that are so loose that they're going to blow out because they reach out and grab a jersey run by them. You know, because they didn't focus on those small internal external rotators yeah. and everything else in that shoulder. Especially shoulder because there's yeah. so many little muscles in the shoulder. Yeah. And all of those need that that tendon strength. Yeah. You can have these huge delts and look massive. Reach out and grab somebody and that shoulder just goes oop right out of joint because of that lack of training. But there's nobody in that setting. Right? Nine times out of ten, we have the coaching staff that none of them have a certification on yeah. training and they're just in there, okay, we're gonna squat today, we're gonna we're gonna bench today, mm-hmm. you know. We're, and that's, we're gonna do deadlifts, but that's another thing we've all noticed in here and we talked about as trainers is this high school program, I like the intent, but it, the delivery of it, the application of it is becoming almost, all right. So you're teaching these kids that weights are good for sports, which is a step in the right direction, but now I gotta tell them to move correctly because again, like you said earlier, we have egos in those gyms. Yeah. Another 15 year old and another 15 year old are in here. We use my kid for an example, came home the one day, he said, dad, I, I deadlifted whatever it was. I'm like, show me. And he showed me, I said, don't you ever lift like that again. Like, take the weight off that bar and never do that in front of me ever again. Yeah. But I'm like, that was what spawned our Friday night uh, deadlift ladder, actually. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because he was involved, too. He was. And I'm like, so what do you do here? So when you have a big group setting, I know, is, you know I coach the Barbell Club. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to see everybody. But at the same time, you have to be able to – if that kid is doing that, as a coach, you got to tell him, take that weight off and let's work on form. But I don't think that happens enough in these high school gyms. No, it doesn't. Well, I mean, it's one person to 25 kids. It is. And and in those 25 kids, they're trying to get so much stuff done. It is. And the ego is huge in there. I mean, it's all ego. It's all ego. Yeah, at that that level, it's all ego. Yeah. And, but then again, they don't do like, I don't know. There's so much more, I think, as a trainer, you know, me and Jeremy do a lot of athletic training in here and there's so much more to just the big three. You got to be able to hit that that unilateral training, making sure individually you know, the left is caught up to the right or vice versa, and making sure that all the little muscles that are involved in running and jumping and sprinting are well-developed. And there's other ways of doing it, better methods of doing it. Yeah. And, um, so we were talking about... Um, you started off on the, I think the last, what led into all, that whole rant there <laughs> was was the exercises I'll give to patients based on oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. low back right. issues, right? Yes. And it's, most of the times, our glutes are weak, right? Mm-hmm. Pelvic tilts, bird dog, um, wall squats. Let's do, let's, or, um, not a wall squat in the sense that you're sliding back up and down a wall. Stand a foot away from the wall. Perform a squat without scraping your nose down the wall. Yes. Let's get that hinge motion correct. And if you gotta put a chair there and hold onto the wall, tap on the chair, come back up and hold yourself away. But that's at least gonna put your back in a position where it's upright. Yes. You can sit down without licking your knee on the way down. That, that stripper squat. Yeah. What they call it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, those are the things we, we kind of feel each patient out that way. Yeah. You know, like you can look at the body type and you can see it. You well, know, with that being said, I, I love that. I love that, um, that scenario, putting that against the wall. Um, but explain to people like, you need to do it more than once. Yeah. That's something you got to do every day. Yeah. And if you look at the video I posted him here of squatting from the day we started to now, if you look at his upright posture, it went from here, and now he's, his upright posture is there. That took us, what, eight months 
yeah. to work on that. Eight I mean, months and you got to on that. This is going to lead into a whole other thing. Sorry, but yeah, so, I, got, I got Chris off again. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> you're good. You're this good. is going to lead into a whole other thing. But just even in my experience, you know, and, and I'm sitting here thinking that same thing and looking at my notes, the things that I was going to ask about, like for somebody in my situation, you know, that went from being 440 pounds to 285-ish now today, um, you know, Ooh, yeah, I know, I am down much. That. about great. that? But, um, you know, in doing that, I'm realizing some things hurt. Some things, you know, some things are just sort of wonky and weird, you know. Now I realize that I, I'm always sitting like this, you know. And I feel like I was doing that before because I wanted to kind of like be closed off all the time and sit. Well, I mean, know, you, there's no difference between you and the, and the big chest at high school girl. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, she's she gonna walk down the hall with perfect posture? Everybody's gonna stare at her. Right. They're like, oh my god, look <laughs> right. at that. You know, and it's it's the big guy in the room that wants to feel smaller. Right. And that happens. That's pretty. And that that yeah, kills her posture. That. I mean, it's, it's it's a psychological issue that you got to overcome. You're like, yeah, I'm big, but you know, I can still. You're gonna look thinner, the taller and squarer you right. stand. Right, that's what <laughs> as opposed to looking more round. Right, you know, be proud, stand, be proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that led to that kyphosis issue. Right, because you, you, you'd always you know, roll your shoulders in. Yeah, the only thing that ever the only thing that ever bothers me, like right, I can feel it like halfway up my back to the top of my shoulders is the only thing that ever bothers yeah. me. And it, it's not like a pain; it's just like a dull. And I know I, as soon as I do this, I'll go, oh, okay. Take a yoga block. Get yourself a yoga block. Grab one when you leave here. Just say, I didn't know how that made it to my house. <laughs> Get out of bed in the morning. Throw that on the floor and put that right at the bottom of your shoulder blades, which is kind of catching your shoulder blades a little bit. Lay flat on the floor, lay your arms out, let your head fall back. Take there a couple deep breaths in the morning because when you're laying in bed, I mean, yeah. you, you're going to end up in that same position you are right now, sitting in a chair, kind of rolled forward, kind of tucked. That's your comfort, comfort spot, right? Open everything back up. Open that chest up, open a diaphragm, allow everything to relax back. You're gonna lay there, and, and sometimes you'll lay there and you a couple of breaths into it, crack, crack, everything's gonna release. I do that you're with gonna a foam roller. Put a foam yeah. roller long ways down your spine and just yeah. lay down. Yeah, the T-stretch, right? A lot of times they'll take a towel and they'll roll it up to lay it under your neck, support your neck, lay that foam roller straight up the spine and lay back. Now for somebody crooked like him, I mean, hopefully he got a, did you get a bendy foam roller for that? I have a really, I have a really solid one actually. Yeah, yeah. he uses no, the one you can flex into the shape of your spine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you what, I can't do, and I don't know it's because my spine. I can't overhead squat. We have an overhead squat thing this week, yeah. and I think it's my spine. I really yeah, do. I've, I've, I've addressed everything else. It just it won't go. It won't bend that way. I can't when I go when I have anything weight overhead. My low overhead when I go forward, the weight goes forward. I yeah. can't get my shoulders back any further. Yeah, there's a lot of times I'm in the, I'm in the gym at the house and I'm trying to do something like that. Just I work with mainly dumbbells all the time. And I'll throw those up over my head and try to do the squat. I feel myself falling. I feel my, my arms engage really hard to hold that weight back. Yes. I drop them. I walk over, grab the broom by the basement door, throw it behind me, and I just, I just do 20, 25 reps with that as high and as wide and far back as I can. Just to, you know, stepping back from yes. what you're doing, go back to the basics. You know, it's just like a golfer on a golf course. Yeah. He makes a bad shot. You're going to see him, even the pros. They make that bad shot and they relive it in their head and they re-swing it and then they swing one time the way they should have just to try and erase that muscle memory, right? To, to reset it all. Right. And that doesn't happen in, in the athletic realm like we were talking about earlier. Those kids do it wrong every time. Muscles develop to that. Muscle memory stays. 
And they always do it wrong. Because they're so they get in about here. people are thinking. So they get in here in their late 20s, 30s, and somebody like you drills them through lightweight over and over. Yep. To make it right. It it's, hurts. And it's and a hard... Like, this hurts. And it's, it's a hard, hard concept. Sense. Yeah. Because, again, I'm going to use you again. That's fine. Josh said to me for you, when are we going to have you again? When are we going to have you again? I'm like, not for a while. Like, yeah. we did a lot of... For a while, we were doing, like, one-legged lunges with bands yeah. on our hips. Just... Doing different things is dumbest shit. He hated it ever. And it hurts. But oh god, it works. It's yeah. effective because now I'm. I broke down the movement a little bit, and we started focusing on the parts that were weak, and it actually made made a big difference. Yeah, focusing uh, on the weakness. And I once you could sell something that once he saw that when we did finally go heavy again, he was like, "Oh, kind of worked a little bit." does you just got to give it time yeah, it feels easier to go through those motions afterwards yeah before i was afraid to even go to parallel with squatting any amount of weight and now i'm like asked to, to grass every time and i'm like it's not even that bad you bend that far yeah now yeah. i can bend that far. mobility or i can get my i can actually get my hands on the bar which is the that was one of the yeah. craziest things like i could only squat with the safety squat bar and it was horrible you know it yeah. now well now i can i mean then i went to put my arms out like this you know, and pushing out on the plates, but now I'm now I'm able to, to do it. And I, a lot of that I think is the barbell club movements. Honestly, just forcing my arms and getting yeah, into the right there. spot. But yeah. I do feel a lot better with doing it. So back to I'm sorry, we won't cut you off anymore. So finishing your that's not true. How you're yeah, we're gonna cut you off again. Finishing your exercises. To, I was trying to think of what. So else you went to bird dogs. We were talking about wall slides, doing your wall slides, hitting yeah, the, the, the YW stretch on the wall, and that's that's in my Quasimodo packet and. And I call it that because of the, the dowager's hump, right? Yeah. You know, so that's that hump on the back of your neck. That, that's just from that kyphosis. There's nothing else. I mean, if if you held your head down, that hump wouldn't be there. But because you constantly force that head back against that curvature, that's what's creating that. I mean, it's it's not necessarily a fat pad, but it's just all that tissue that's supposed to be spread over an area is pushed into that area because you condensed it down. Isn't that crazy? And just builds up. So what we need to do is, is work on that through, you know, scap retraction exercises, get their shoulders back into normal movement. And, you know, then we, we look into the shoulders to make sure you haven't created any injury there. Because if you think about the shoulder, if your body's upright, that shoulder's in a neutral position. If you start rolling yourself forward, you try to reach back and put your arm through a coat or anything like that, you're pushing it beyond that, that natural extension. And so now you're forcing pressure into the right. capsule, so you're creating mild little injuries in there and you do it over and over and over and now you have an injury to your shoulder. So gaining that gaining that proper posture just eliminates all those preventative or kind of is a preventative medicine for the most part. Right. right? You know, so keeping that movement. Yeah. And um, so that's that's on that thoracic, the low back, you know, whatever the, the, the chair squats in front of the wall, um, the bird dog public tilt exercises, just engaging that deep core. You could do setups all day long, but flip over and do, you know, you get that kid in here and he's, he's doing the sit-ups off the, off the uh, cable machine, uh -huh. or crunches off the cable machine, you flip him over and put him in a plank, and he collapses, yep. you know, quickly. And it, it, it's because those other muscles, not just the vanity muscles, all the deep core muscles yep. that need work, right? Cat-cow, would you believe cat-cow cat cow is a, good a really one? good one? Cat okay. cow, just to create that, it's the same as laying down on the yoga block in the morning and stretching out that thoracic curve, is rolling back over, and I'll go from cat cow right into like a child's pose and, and stretch the lats out from there, reaching out front, drawing everything through the lats, and then roll back up and just stretch everything back through. Because if you don't, you know, for me, 
that first person inside posture in the office that morning, I'm going to feel something pull through my lats. I'm going to feel something around my shoulder blades or my low back. I'm like, okay, great. It's a great day, right? Yeah. So set yourself up for what you need to do. And that goes clear back to the beginning when we started talking. What do you do every day and how do you train for it? And if you get out of bed, have your coffee, get in your car, drive to work, and then start your job, you're waiting for an injury. Did you prep? Hmm. And so uh, stretching. You know, leads right into stretching. People don't stretch. Oh, man, I'm starting to feel really uncomfortable in the yeah, room right yeah. now. You know, so I get these patients like, did you stretch when you when you played sports? Yeah, we went through the motions on the field, right? The whole 10-second thing. Yeah, the whole, you know, one, two, three, and, you know, the kid's bouncing the whole time he's right. doing it. He's not constantly stretching, so he's, he's, that muscle is still engaged versus actually relaxing and stretching. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, okay, well, now you're not playing sports. Your job is your new sport. Everything you do every day is your sport. Do you stretch? No. Why? You're creating tension. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you get out of your... Our carpenters are our bad ones, your son. Some of these guys, they travel 45 minutes. They get out. That's first it. thing they do is grab a stack of shingles and go up a ladder. Yeah. Or, you know, lift something onto a roof or, you know, stand on a ladder for a couple hours in a, in a funny position. And they wonder why they're hurting. Yeah. You were tight when you showed up and you got tighter then you go home and you can't get off the couch. Yep. Flexibility is going to help you. And Can you, um, a, speaking of stretching, though, so dynamic and, and static. So before you work out, so you want to come in here and you want to work out. Um, I know there's activation drills, like we can do the cat cow and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But are you, um, I know that I, I'm not a big believer of static stretching before working out. I'm more of dynamic. Are you along the same yeah, concept I always there? tell everybody. So for people that come in and say, you know, I've been working out. I'm like, okay, do you stretch when you work out? And they're like, well, sometimes I go in, I'll stretch a little bit on the mat, and then I'll, then I'll start my workout. I'm like, stop doing that. They look at me kind of confused. I said, put five minutes of workout in. I don't care if you get on the elliptical or you get on the treadmill. Put five minutes in, warm everything up, mm-hmm. get off, do some stretching. Do half your workout, and then stretch those muscles that you just worked. Loosen them back up. You just, you just engaged them all. Right. They're hot. All the fluids that your body produces, all the viscous fluids that they work in there to allow those joints to move and, and the muscles to slide. They're there at that time. They weren't when you got out of your car and walked in. Right. Because your body wasn't calling for it. Get off and stretch. Do half your workout. Do a little bit of stretch in those areas you worked. And make sure when you get home, after your shower, stretch out a little bit then. You know, just to help do that. And you're like, well, that's going to add a whole hour to my day. Yeah, it is. But it's going to add years to the workout. <laughs> yeah. You know. I um, we get involved, and he used to laugh at me at the selling into a little bit. I do a little kettlebell flow before I do a workout. It's yeah. a seven minute kettlebell. It's on my. It's just a little app I follow on my phone. Just I take a twenty pound kettlebell, and it goes through everything. I tell you what, it's one of the best warmups I've done. Seven minutes, I feel amazing. Yes. I move better. I work out better. Um, Waking all those joints up. Just all get everything moving. Up. Yep. So um, you're not you're not trying to fire them up and wake them up halfway through your set. Right. I tell everybody. I tell all my clients like. Think about this. If you take Play-Doh and you put it in a refrigerator or a freezer, and then you take it out and you try to stretch it, it's going to fall apart. Yeah. So you can't do that to your muscle because it's cold. Yeah. But once you warm that up, it's pliable. You can move it and stretch it. That's when you want to start stretching muscle. After it's warmed up, the blood flows in there, Perfect. the central nervous system. Yeah. So think about your, your muscles almost like Play-Doh. Don't do it when it's cold. Warm them up and then stretch it. Play-Doh is a good one because the, in, if, you, if you've played with it, go back to your childhood or last time you played with your kids. The more you play with it, the softer it becomes. Yeah. The more the more warmth you put into it, the more hand grease and everything you get into it, the softer and more pliable it becomes. I always use the rubber band. 
Everybody had bands, yeah. Take a rubber band, hold it in your hand for a while, get it warm, it's gonna stretch really easy. Throw it in the freezer for a couple, you know, half hour, pull it out, and it's gonna snap as soon as you try to stretch it. Right? Yeah. It's gonna be brittle and it's gonna be froze. This this muscles materials and muscles are exactly the same way. Yeah. You know, I get my uh, people that are outside working in the cold. You take your lunch break, you're freezing, you know, and then you start working again and everything's tight. And a low back's the worst part about that because there's not a lot of tissue over top of your spine, your low back. There's not a lot there to keep it warm. Not a lot of protection. You know, I mean, if, you, if you're if you out working and your low back's cold, you're risking an injury right now because really? your muscles are tightening. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, huh. think, think about when you're cold. The first thing you do when you start getting cold is you start shrugging your shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. You're, try, you're trying to keep yourself warm. And this time of year is a big one for neck neck pain to come into the office. You get a morning like this, driving down the road with the windows open, you're like, oh, this feels good. You're driving away to work with your shoulders yeah. shrugged, trying to keep your neck warm because the air is blowing in the winter. It's spring, like, spring and fall, we always run into So that. would a runner that runs in the winter be more susceptible to injury for lower back because that lower back's Yeah, they're going to be more susceptible to injury anywhere. Just because of being yeah, cold. Yeah, I mean, keep warm. Keep okay. everything, you know, dressed to keep keep your body warm for the for the condition that you're, you're performing, right? Yeah. I mean, don't dress up in a snowsuit and go out and try to run. Right, all right. You, but you might as well put your sauna suit on and sit in the house. But it's if you're if you're getting cold, you know if you're out and you run, you started warm. You're gonna stay warm. Correct. Don't stop your exercise. Walk, stand around a while, get all cold. No, that sweat freeze on you. Yeah, it gets cold. Yeah. I mean that happens. I mean our our high school football teams are going through that right now. Yeah. You know we get these cold Friday nights. Kid goes out there, plays defense, soft that on the field for eight, ten minutes, and he's freezing. By the time he hits that again, right? So he's running out there, and muscles are getting tight from yep. trying to keep him warm. So we got to watch that. Um, some misconceptions you, you've heard through chiropractic, through health and wellness, um, some things that you might want to address you've heard over the years just, just simply aren't right that people follow. Well, the biggest one was what I threw out earlier. People don't look at chiropractic as, as total body wellness, and that's that's the biggest thing that, that drives me nuts. Okay, if, you're, if your ankle's hurting, and you don't tell me about it when you come in six visits down the road, we're still having issues with your hip, and we're trying to figure it out, and finally you say something about your ankle, and then we notice a couple weeks later you're great. It's because we missed that, that problem of your, of your daily gait and, and locomotion, right? Mm-hmm. So every time you take a step, you're shortening your gait on that side because the ankle won't bend. You're, you're changing the, your, your movements, your patterns, and it's affecting all the muscles. Muscles are going to pull themselves into a position that properly function for what you have going on. They, they homeostasis. Yeah, it's homeostasis. Find homeostasis. Always find a way to make it work. Yep. And it's it's all muscle recruitment in a bad way, and it's creates muscle memory. You know, there's the um, I'll probably botch it, but there's I can't remember who said it per se, but you train train a certain way so many times, and you master that, right? Mm-hmm. Well. You have a knee injury and you limp. You take a thousand steps limping. It's going to take a thousand steps once that pain's gone to make it come back to normal. Right. And if you don't consciously make that change, it'll take three to five thousand steps to get it back to where it's supposed to be. You know, so yeah, it makes sense. You you limp around on a rolled ankle. You'll limp around for months till you realize, hey, it doesn't hurt to walk normally. And and I can speak from from experience. Sometimes a limp will be developed, and then you continue limping, not re- not because of pain. Yeah. It's just because I've just 
Cross the water, right water the last six it, yeah. months, and that's now my new my new way of walking. That's why a lot of times they they've said, "Hey, we're going to take you back to physical therapy and kind of work on how you walk again." Yeah. Um, and that's so important. People, these people that leave physical therapy or they say, "I can do this on my own," but you notice they have your their lip, and you're like, "He." Yeah, it's beyond that too, though. It's it's when you get released from physical therapy, it's because you met a certain criteria yeah. of motion. You might have met that. You go in and have shoulder surgery. You come into your physical therapist. You get all your range of motion back to where it's supposed to be. They, they work one side of the body, unfortunately, the entire time you're in there, strength yeah. training that, that joint back to where it needs to be. And then they, okay, you're done. Now what do I do? Right? Right. And that's, that's where we, we almost need somebody in every building like this for those post-rehab patients. Well, have you, did you hear my podcast with Dr. Justin Miser? He owns uh, Breakaway Perform, Break Breakthrough Performance, Breakaway, Breakaway. Breakaway Performance. He's a physical therapist. I'll check that one out. No, and you walk into his physical therapist's office, it's a gym. Perfect. He's got a squat rack. He's got weights. Nice. Very good at what he does. Yeah, Again, exactly. I mean, yep. that's that's a whole that's a whole section of healthcare that you know we did that warming up earlier. The whole lack of wellness care. Yes. We don't want this person to come back in with their other shoulder blown out, so let's teach them what they were doing wrong to cause this one to hurt. That's where the key is. Yeah. It's all about education. Why did you get hurt? Fix the problem. Yeah. Don't band-aid it. And that's what we do every day. We, we, again, we have a hurt knee. We sit around, we let the knee recuperate, and we go right back doing the same bullshit we did to get hurt because nobody's ever taught them, this is why I got hurt in the first place. Yeah. And if we don't if we don't have the education of what's going on, then... It's just going to be reoccurring every single but time. Money is in the treatment, not in the cure. Absolutely. Say that again. Money is in the treatment, not in the cure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. financial. Yeah, it's 100 percent financial. You want those? You want the returning customers every time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if I fix everybody today, who's going to pay the bills tomorrow, right? Yeah, so I guess that's a good theory. So, Mike, a question for me. So, what kind of a person just? I mean, I've heard all kinds of crazy stuff about chiropractors, right? You hear about like, yeah. oh, they're just gonna like the people that they're just gonna crack your back, or they're gonna do whatever, they're gonna do this. Um, what's the average person that comes to a chiropractor need? Like, well, I mean, that goes back to another misconception. You know, we were sta- I was standing at Walmart a couple weeks ago, and my wife was talking to this lady. And she had like two giant boxes of Advil in her cart. <laughs> she had her cane, and she says. What's all that for? She's like, oh, my hip, it hurts so bad. She's like, have you tried a chiropractor? Yep, I just en- ended up with an empty wallet. You know, it's like, okay, well, the, the, some of these guys. Let's try a good one. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the right you one. Should, you should try a different one. Yeah. You know, there's maybe exactly. going to tell you, hey, this is the right, right place for you. Try this. And meanwhile, she's just killing her liver, right? Yeah. yeah. With all these all this Advil. But in the, then the other part of it, they just keep you coming back over and over and over. You know, and my, my saying to that when everybody says something to me, you're just going to have me coming back all the time. I'm like, yeah, it really sucks to feel good. You know, <laughs> right. you know, so you start coming in, you start feeling better, and we start making changes for you, and we realize other things need fixed too. And that's, that's where I step in to where, all right, you came to me for your low back. We fixed it. You're feeling better. What, what's going on now? Instead of saying, okay, you're good. I'll see you later. You know, throw them out the door and go let them do the same stupid shit that made them hurt in the first place. What's hurting now? What do you notice is an issue? Let's work on that. And let's work on making sure you don't come back here with the same issue, right? And I, I'm not a big, you know, a lot of chiropractors out there, you're gonna, it's gonna take three times a week for six weeks to get this fixed. Everybody's different. Everybody's body reacts differently. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if, 
if you've been hurting since you were 20 and you're in my office at 50, you're going to be here a while because we have to change everything you've created in that timeline. If you hurt yourself yesterday and you've been good until yesterday, you're not going to be here as much. You know, I might see it two, three times this week. Next week, I might see it once. And my, my biggest goal is to get you going. I want to see how long you can go without feeling that pain. But I don't want you coming back in in pain, right? Right. Like, okay, you just told me after your first couple adjustments, you lasted three, four days. Feel great. All right, your max is three days. Yep. You're going to go three days until we say, okay, now try four. Now try five. Now try two weeks. You know, and just push those patients to do their homework is number one. Yep. Make them accountable for their own health. Well, yeah, that's the probably the yeah. largest thing is is getting people to actually do the things that you're telling them to do that will help. Yeah. And, and, and keeping their life. Well, that's what you've done for me. Like, I come in there, and I'm, I'm one of your patients that I probably should be constantly. I know that I'm, I haven't been there for a while. But well, you're doing the things to make yourself better all the time, too. I'm trying, but I still, because of being crooked and having all the issues, I got a place pretty quick. Yeah. And you know that, and I know that. Um, so I'm one of those people that need to be there more than, I need to be there at least on a monthly basis. Unfortunately, my schedule, I, I haven't, but, and I notice when I'm not there because that's when things start popping up. Yeah. Um, but more, more I've learned from you. Often. Yeah, but I've also learned from you, this is why you have to be here because you, you've educated me enough to say, you don't have, you know, you're not straight. I'm sitting on a crooked chassis. Things are going to fall apart. If you don't keep up with this, it's going to get worse. Yeah. You know, and that's the education that people need. Like, here's why you need to be here. I'm not coming, you're not coming to take my money. You're coming in saying, your body's broke, and I gotta try to keep it together for as long as I can. If you don't come in, good luck. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I, I think that's very important to have that education, um, and which is what you do when you're in your, when you walk into your office. If you, if if anybody needs a chiropractor, this is the place to go. You're very personable. Um, you take your time. I never felt rushed. Like when I come in there, it's a very friendly atmosphere. Your wife works. She's still working the front desk. Yeah, she's she's in the back. She yeah, hides she, a lot now. Yeah, kind of, like actually, I fired her last week. You'll see April. She's very very. I mean, just the whole practice itself um, is very friendly. Just a good atmosphere. By the way, so one of the best things I ever bought was a water pillow that you sold me. Really? I still use it. Do you, do you still have yeah, them down yeah. there, dude? This water, it's, it's just a bladder. You fill water and make it as hard or soft as you want. It's the best thing I've ever had. That's right. the best pillow I've ever used. It's easy to sell those, too, because I, as soon as you say to somebody, do you ever buy a pillow and take it home? and be like, damn it, I hate it. Yeah, like yeah. my pillow. I hate my pillows. Yeah. I think they're junk. You take it home, and you, you fill it halfway. And it's not a sales pitch on those pillows because I don't like selling stuff at all. And that's yeah. why we put like anything pillows. in my office for sale. And you fill it to the medium. You sleep on it for a few nights, and you're like, oh, it's too thick. And squeeze some water out. Yeah, take some water. Yeah, Mine's filled in the room because I like a nice solid pillow. <laughs> I love that thing. And it's great when the kids go running by and you swing it at them because they weigh about 15 pounds. Clear I don't know if I can swing this one. It's heavy. <laughs> I think it has to be like 50 pounds. I might kill them if I hit them with it. So, um, so I had another question here. We were coming in. I know you have a couple we're going to get into. Um, so, chiropractic and long term health, we kind of touched on it why you need it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay, things are going to happen in your body. It's wear and tear, use and abuse. Everybody's different on how they treat themselves. Somewhere along the line, and I haven't even touched on, you know, the main principle of chiropractic is just making sure that the body is, is, has its proper function, right? And that the, every nerve in the body passes down through your spinal cord, through the spinal column that we adjust, and exits to go to what it does, right? So it's, it's the main wiring for your whole body. So if that wiring's not hooked up right, and it's, it's not functioning properly, you're not gonna function properly. And so, I focus more on the muscular component because we see way more of that in daily life 
it's more rare to have the pinched nerve issues and things like that. You know, I get way more people coming in with really tight muscles and hips rotated because of those tight muscles and, and spinal related issues than I do like, oh my, my nerves, I pinched a nerve. You know, I get tingling in my hands. They happen, but they're not, they're not quite as big. I don't see as many of those in, in everyday practice. Right. That is the, that's the main whole principle chiropractic was started on though. You know, so we have all these nerves exiting the spine. If something happens to them, if it's in your hand, you're lucky. You know, if it's one of those nerves in your neck that run down into your arm or your hand, you get the tingling numbness or down your leg or whatever else, you're lucky. How do you know that all those nerves that run to internal organs and all that are functioning? You're not going to get numbness. You're not going to get tingling. You're going to get dysfunction. You're going to get, you know, decreased heart function, decreased lung function. You're going to get decreased motility, decreased absorption of minerals and vitamins and everything out of your diet digestive problems, all of those issues. Um, I got a ton of patients that come in for heartburn, mid-back. I got really? my, my heartburn's back. Can you fix my mid-back? Fix your mid-back. They don't take their Prilosec as much. Basically, just opening up that channel and yeah. allowing... Allowing that nerve to do what not, it's supposed to do. Ain't that something. Yeah. So how many... This might be a loaded question. may put you on the spot. How many nerves are we talking? Thousands? Thousands when you break them down. So you got to figure there's two to every spinal segment. So seven times two in the neck. You know, well actually there's there's an eighth cranial or cervical nerve coming down through the neck. So when you come down through, the first one comes above your first cervical vertebra, and then you have the eighth coming out the bottom. Then you roll down through T1 through 12, double that, and then you get the five lumbar and then sacral nerves. And a lot of those low back and sacral nerves join to major trunks to run down through your glutes, down into your leg. And, Man. you know, so there's there's a ton there involved that at any point, whether it's a movement of the bone or a movement of, or an over-tight muscle that swells up, you're gonna pinch that off. So pinch nerve is nothing more than basically inflammation of Something in the spinal column pinching a nerve. Could yeah, I mean, you think of it. I mean, the easiest way that we've always described it, and you, you'll hear chiropractors talk about it, is you drag a garden hose out through this lot and stand out there watering the grass out front. And every time a car drives through, and you're going to lose your water pressure, right? Mm-hmm. You're running over that hose. Well, if the car parks on it, you're done. You're done. Right. And that's exactly what's going on with your spinal cord, right? So you have that nerve that exits between those spinal bones. You put pressure on it, you're just decreasing the flow. You put long enough. You put enough pressure on it long enough that we start to get the degenerative effects, um, osteoarthritis buildup. You're you're adding to that pressure, and eventually you're going to pinch it off. Yep. There are warning signs. There are lights that come on a dash, and that's that's the tingling numbness and things like that. But there's there's areas where you don't get. Start listen you don't, to the body a little. Yeah, you listen to the body, and back to healthcare. We're not educated on how to listen to our body. You know, it's doing the slow reps to realize that you're doing something wrong. It's paying attention to, the, to your movements. You know, walk across, walk across the dry concrete with wet feet. See which, which foot's turning out or how far your gait pattern is off, mm-hmm. you know, from one leg to the other. I'm stepping further with my left leg and I'm all right. People don't look at that. But that's, those are things that are going to tell them something's wrong right. before the pain hits. Yeah. Um, children, I know with you know with my four boys, you you've set about bringing them all down, and especially pregnant lady mm-hmm. getting adjusted because of the the amount of pressure on their lower back. Yeah. Um, 
what age are you talking for kids? First off, I've had newborns in the office. Is that right? Yeah, I've had. So, I, that, I, so I, this is a lifelong. Thing. Yeah, the early the earliest I ever had was the kid was on his way home from the hospital after being born. Came in and got his first adjustment, and those are those are milestone adjustments. You know, and what I mean by that is we we keep track. I keep track of that birth, and when they start sitting up better, when they're rolling over and they're dominant one way, let's figure out maybe there's some tension or maybe they're just stronger that way. That's where they create their just their their dominancy. Like okay. everybody has a dominancy, the right hand or the, the, the first leg to hit the stair when they're running toward the stairs in a hurry, mm-hmm. you know, because they know that one's going to be the strong one to launch them up the steps for the next step, you know. And then when they start to crawl, they develop that lumbar curve. Think about a kid when he gets up on all fours and starts crawling around. There's that cat-cow stretch going on. So if you, if you start seeing that posture for their hips, if you see a young kid that start you start seeing a sign, let's say it, a year or two, you start seeing a little bit of a spinal curve. Yeah. Can you fix that? We keep an eye on it at that point. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into that. You know, so I mean, is it something that you can't see prior to, like a muscle development, you know, the whole way through it, or is it just spinal related, and we can correct that out? And a lot of times we'll we'll come up with ways to to get ahead of it. And unfortunately, not a lot of people jump on bringing their kids in when they're little. And, you know, in order to incentivize that and, you know, make that easier for them, if you're a patient, your kid's free until they're 11 years old. Bring them in. We don't charge them. Really? Yeah. It's like, we want these kids in here. It's way easier. Scott's going to have some more kids. Hey, yeah. I'll be your kid. I'm only 11. Yeah. Let's go down. This is my son's <laughs> He's 11. He looks I'm a little 10. rough. I'm 10. Yeah. He's, he's, had, rough a rough, life. he's, he's had, had a rough 10 years. He's had a rough 10 years. Um, a, yeah, so it means bring your kids in. Get them checked. And a lot of them, they love it. Yeah. They they jump up on the table. They, they get their adjustments. They giggle. They laugh. Carry on. And then they get out of there. You know, and a lot of... The biggest issue I have is I get those ones in there in, in the car seat and I adjust them. Then they become mobile, and it's just like trying to change your kid's diaper at home. Once they realize they can move, you can't hold them down and do it right. Yeah. So we do what we can. We don't make them mad, and we throw them back out the door and say, "Bring them back." Um, but it's just keeping track. That way we don't. And I always say to the parents, "I'm like, bring them in now, and we'll find something and fix it. That way they don't end up here like you did. Yeah, you know, hurt at some point in life. Mm-hmm. And when they do." They know exactly where they need to go and get fixed, as opposed to running off for a bottle of pills. That's right. May or may not fix the problem. They still have to do something else. Yep. So that's that's the hard part about it is educating people again, right? You know, teach them there's something else different out there. Yeah. And you have said again, you have a very good. You're very good at what you do, and you've changed my whole view of chiropractic because you and I spoke and, offline. And you had and you had chiropractic. Your whole life, my whole life, and I wasn't a, I, I wasn't a and you knew I wasn't because mm-hmm. of how I was treated. And then I found somebody that actually had the passion, the knowledge of true chiropractic work, and it, it changed everything about how I viewed it and how it's helped me. So you really, uh, you made me a believer, hundred percent. And I would say I'm one of many. There's a, there's thousands of chiropractors out there that do what I do every day, and they take their time and they look at the whole body and how it functions versus here's another back pain issue coming in, adjust it, send them out the door, get another 10 guys waiting in the waiting room. You right. know what I mean? And it, there's a lot in me that says I could make more money hurrying things up and getting these people out of here, but I get in trouble all the time from the desk girls. They're like, you're getting behind. You know, if, if they want me, they'll wait. That's right. 
I, I'm with this patient, correct? and it's hanging on my fridge in my break room. Take care of the ones you have. Don't worry about the ones you don't. Because sooner or later, the ones you don't have will be right. there. And honestly, Chris, I, I can sit in your waiting room knowing that you're with that patient, taking your time with him, just as you're going to do for me. Mm-hmm. And as a patient, I'm, it doesn't bother me. Now, I think there's a fine line. If I'm at it for three hours, <laughs> right. I might say, hey, Chris, let's reschedule this. But yeah. most people aren't going to care. I, I think because of the way your bedside manner is, the way you treat your patients, um, it, Don't worry, well he it. sees you walking in and the first thing he's going <laughs> Hey, we're closed. Oh, hey, you know what, guys? We should probably get this dude in quick. Real, like, we're, we're closed. Please come back another time. Um, then my last one I have um, kind of is outside of chiropractic, but what do you do? Like, tell me all about you, like, as Chris, not Dr. Ryder, but as Chris. I know you're a big hunter, an I avid too, hunter. I do too much. You my do wife tells me all the time, she's like, can you, can you not do that anymore? Can you cut some of your hobbies? I have so many hobbies, I do some of them twice a year. That's it. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, I, I can't wait to do this. And then I do it a couple of times. I'm like, I want to do it more. And I don't have time to fit it in. You know, I like to golf. I like to hunt. I, I like to boat. I like to fish. I like to be outside. Are you wrestling? Are you coaching wrestling? No, I'm not. Yeah, okay. I thought you were coaching wrestling. No. Um, Jack's at that age right now. He's like, I don't know if I want to wrestle anymore. I'm, you figure it out. You know, I'm, I could push you to go so you do something. But on the other hand, I'll. If I force him to wrestle and he hates it, what's the sense in it, right? Right. I'm like, just don't give up on something you've trained for. Right. Um, so it's trying to, and that's that's just, that's parenting. That could be a whole other podcast, <laughs> right? But, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, I enjoy being outside. You know, I garden. Uh, I like, to, I walk around my yard with a dandelion fork and pick dandelions Is that for right? hours, you know, you know, fork them out of the ground instead of walking around spraying them all, you know, just anything to be outside. My wife yells at me, can you sit down? I know there's something to do. Yeah. There's something somewhere that needs done. Yeah, I'm like, I'll, sit down. I'll find, I'll find something. You know, if I end up building something or uh, just redoing something. Well, I'll keep up with you online. I see that you guys just, you're on vacation not too long ago, right? We were just down in uh, Annapolis there. Annapolis. And, uh, what was that, the end of July? Just foodie tour, little yeah. fishing trip. Nice. Yeah. So Did you catch anything good? Jack's a big foodie on that one but uh, so we like to take him places where he can venture out and try different things oh that's pretty cool but um now the, the water was uh the water wasn't good to us we we caught some some speckled trout in in the bay down there and we were out for bluefish that didn't pan out too well they were jumping all over the place they just weren't hitting real hard yeah um, but we we caught fish all day so we had awesome. and when he knew taking us out he's like you guys big fishermen we're like yeah we really enjoy trout fishing in PA streams and stuff, and he's like, he started getting worried. He's like, Man, <laughs> we're not going to be this much. Not going to be a great day, but we had fun. You know, we we enjoy being out there. Whether you you know, it's not about it's not about going out there and catching. You know, and it goes. To, I, I like to archery hunt, and this coming weekend opens archery here in PA. There are so many times where I don't even care if I put an arrow in my bow. I'll sit there and I just enjoy being out there in nature, yeah. especially you know, in. Yeah. in, in it's both season. Here. Yeah, yeah so it's you, nice. The weather's perfect. Not super you know? cold. Yeah. Um, so, question do you have? I know you had a bunch. I, I got most of my stuff out. Um, I just think it's, it's really interesting. You hear a lot of different uh, approaches to what people's thoughts are on chiropractic yeah. in general. You know, and kind of opens my eyes up a little bit. I'm, I'm curious to see what all is out of whack with me now. I always like to think we'll, 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 we'll do a podcast live and you'll just, you'll just hear a bunch of celery breaking in the background and chewing on celery. Yeah, those drive me nuts, do those videos <laughs> where you're adjusting people. I'm like, 
Oh my, have you ever, I have never gotten that much noise out of people. You what about the dude with the hammer, right? Hey, Hightower. 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 Hightower, I love him. Is that, that's a real, is yes, that a real thing? Absolutely. So, I mean, oh, I before, hear this. I didn't before Hightower. Way. I thought that was all bullshit. Yeah, before Hightower, I really never looked at like the mallet and, and blunt tip chisel other than equine. Right, so there's there's actual there was a kid going through uh, Palmer Palmer College with me that his parents owned a big horse ranch down in Kentucky, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna get certified in equine to adjust horses and that's all I'm gonna do. It's like uh, probably under these big ranches for these racehorses stuff. He's probably getting. I was gonna say that's twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred dollars an adjustment yeah. horse. Really? Oh yeah, yeah something crazy. So yeah. is that what's called yeah. equine? Equine. equine. So equine's horse. The question, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So, so he was going to get certified to adjust horses and animals and start adjusting horses at that, that horse farm. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. You put all this time in to learn how to adjust patients. And yeah, he's probably adjusting people too, but yeah, that's what he's going to get too. Horses. But it's Bo Hightower, so they would use mallets and stuff on horses. You know, you just go down the horse's back and adjust their spine with a, with a blunt tip chisel and a mallet, hang on their neck and use your body weight to adjust that. So when I started seeing Bo Hightower do that, uh, thinking to myself, it's genius. There's times where, you know, as chiropractors, you beat yourself up trying to get these big guys to move. Yeah. And you're like, there's got to be a better way. You know, there's got to be something to do besides, you know, hurting yourself yeah. trying to do it. And to get through some of these, some of these athletes that he's adjusting and large muscle mass and everything. Too. Brian Shaw. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so for all the listeners out there, if you're not sure what we're talking about, there's a guy named Bo Hightower. He is a chiropractor. He uses a, a mallet and a flat, like, um, almost like a chisel, but it's got a flat head on it. Yeah. And he beats it into, like, he puts a mallet on there, he puts that chisel on there, and he kind of beats the joint into submission, basically, is what he's doing, right? Yeah, and it, it, so he... There's, I'm butchering how I explain that. Oh, but absolutely. But, <laughs> oh, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. So. Yeah. But there's, there are instruments out there for adjusting. So I have laying in my office there a tool called a uh, activator. And it literally is, when you, when you squeeze it, it triggers a spring-loaded response at the tip. It's kind of, kind of like that ball, ballpoint pen laying there. Okay. You know, when you push down on the top, that spring loads and it pushes the tip out the end. Well, this thing has a rubber tip on it and it sends out a percussive force. And under the circum under certain circumstances and body pressure, muscle tone, everything, it only takes so much force to move that bone. So, you know, there's um, on the other end of things, there's people out there that there's chiropractic under anesthesia. You got that bone that just will never move. The muscle will never let it go, and they knock them out and they just push it right in with their fingertips because it loosened the muscle. Yeah, it, it out. caused everything to drop down. Yeah. Um, so there's instruments out there that are already being used chiropractic every day that are very similar to what Bo's doing. They're just, you know, not as rudimentary, you know. It's pretty that's sad. That's good to hear you say that because I always thought that was bullshit. Yeah, yeah I would have you know bet, I mean? I so bet I, my life on that. I use, I use the activator. I'll use the activator on infants. I'll use the activator on um, I kinda extremely wanna, osteoproptic. I want to see if you put that on my upper back. My brain, you can't get my back to my yeah. thoracic spine. I don't that's know if that would work. Like can we do that okay. live? Is there any way we can? Do we, yeah, we can. We, we can. We're gonna do that uh, tomorrow. We're going tomorrow. We're going to the office, boys. He he heard just pay with me because he can never get my mid back. It's already cracked what a half a dozen times. Maybe it just won't go. Just While he's like in the chair, really, like, let me have a swing at that here. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the neck is always the one. So everybody gets nervous with the neck. Crack. People get nervous about the neck, and, and yeah. a lot of people. I've had patients come in 
you know, women come in kind of locked down in torticollis and, and their husbands come with them and they're, they're bawling, they're scared to get adjusted and everything. And a lot of times when you're in that condition, we're not going to adjust you. Right. We're going to work on those Too muscles. Worked if, you're, if your muscles aren't going to let go, me beating it out of you is going to, you're going to walk out of there and be like, I feel better, but I'm never going to a chiropractor. Again. Right. You know, that, that scared the hell out of me. And I try to never create that aspect in my office. And I think that that leads to better patients in the long run, right? Yeah. And then later on in life, or down the road, these patients come in, and I'm adjusting their neck, and they don't even react to it anymore. Yep. You know, they're like, oh, I love that part. Like, you were terrified of that part. So. <laughs> you were good with it, too. You know, the way you have you like, you're just relax. Don't tap. You got to relax. You, you, you got to distract them. You got to relax yep. them. You got to wait till the muscle's ready. I mean, if you're adjusting, it'd be like somebody grabbing a hold. It, it's, it's like a fight for the most part. Your, your body's trying to resist something, and it's natural. That's what it's supposed to do. Yep. It's resisting injury, and that's what it thinks go, is going on. If you can relax it to the state we can barely put pressure on you and it's moving. Yeah. So it, it helps out quite a bit. What else do you have? That's it. Okay. That's good stuff. It is. Really good stuff. So thank you for coming. Doctor, uh, if people need to find you, where can they find you at? I know Body First Chiropractic. You're on bodyfirstchiropractic.com. You get on Body First Chiropractic on Facebook. Um, it's your find us. Yeah. Again, yeah. you're down Bell Mead. And if anybody's in the gym that needs his information, let me know. I will send you out all the information I have on him. I'll get the links um, put on the information for the podcast. We'll get you tagged at Facebook, Instagram. Awesome. Quick five time. Quick five. Okay, so we have five questions we ask. These are just kind of fun questions. Do you want, do you want to use the actual quick yeah, five yeah, sheet so that this time so you're not taking my these, quick two? These are quick, quick just quick answers because it's kind of a little bit of fun. So um, do you prefer chicken or steak? Mm, steak. My man. Your favorite lift. Yeah, let's come back to that. Okay. Uh, I don't have my glasses. Best advice you've ever been given? Enjoy life. That's a good Don't one. work your ass off. Just enjoy it. That's a great one. Good advice. I probably should take it. Um, I know you don't do functional. You know, well, I don't know if you... Do you know what the Echo Bike is? Like the air bikes? Yeah. So would you prefer that or a rower? Rower. My man. And do you like to work out caffeinated or uncaffeinated? That's tough to say. Typically, my workouts are at lunch. I drink coffee all morning. <laughs> so that's caffeine. But it's one. It's caffeinated. It's caffeinated. We'll say caffeinated because you're caffeinated. I, I take one to go thermos, and by the time I finish that, it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, because it's, if I could take a drink between patients. Yeah, you're back you know, to back to back. Yeah, so, like, I lose it half the time, and then I find it at, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, it's half full. Like, well, I guess I didn't have any caffeine today. <laughs> I couldn't go without caffeine. Heavyweights or high reps? High reps. Oh, Big three lifts or Olympic lifts? Big three. Ooh. Um, this gets into dieting a little bit. So do you, what do you do you count calories? Do you count macros? Do you do anything like that? 80-20? No, it's clean. Yeah, I, I just try to eat clean. It's it's lifestyle. Right. You know, it's it's teach teach yourself how to how to eat right and then live that and just be accountable for what you've been putting in. You know what I mean? So if you had that really bad day of wings, fries, pizza, whatever, and maybe a six pack on top of it. You're going to have to eat clean for a few days. Just try to get yourself reset. That's um, great. That's really good advice. So Everybody best, lives that way, though. Yeah. Terrible. Well, Jordan Terry just put something out here on Facebook. He said, uh, it was the rule of two. Never miss two workouts back-to-back. Don't have two bad nights of sleeping. Don't eat two bad meals back-to-back. Yeah. It's a great, great piece of advice. Yeah, it's perfect. Powerlifting, bodybuilding, or CrossFit? There's bad to all of it. Ooh. Right? So there's bad to all of that. There's, it's going to be 
like we were saying all night, depending on what, what do you want? It all depends. What do you want out of it? You know, do you, do you want to, um, do you work in the labor industry and you want to be not hurting at the end of the night because you had to do something a hundred times all day? Well, you're probably going to be doing CrossFit at that point, right? It's going to make you mobile. Right. You know, um, do you like to throw a big weight and be as big as possible, but you sit at a desk all day? I guess powerlifting's for you. It <laughs> also comes down to enjoyment. What's going to yeah. keep you yeah. working out longer? Are you happy with what you're doing? Yeah. Do you hate your workout at the end? Then change it. Yes. All right, we got to go back. Favorite lift? Favorite lift? Love to hate squats. Oh, I'm a squat guy. Love like to hate squats. Yeah, squats and lunges. Love to hate them. I hate lunges. I hate doing Fuck it. Fuck lunges. Because, you know, I, I, I hate burpees. Josh hates burpees. But Josh really hates lunges. Yeah. I enjoy lunges. I, I, I don't want it at all. Because I see 90% of my patients, their lower body's weak. It's, right. Your lower body's weak. You can't carry yourself around. That is your foundation. You build everything off of. If your lower body's weak, and everything you... Everything you do, back to the lady I talked about earlier, she couldn't pull herself up 20-some inches over the high step. She was stuck there. Lower body was weak. And upper body was too, she couldn't pull herself up. I tell you that I find most of my clients, when they first start, especially when you start talking 35 or over, lunges seem to be the biggest struggle. Slapping their kneecaps on the ground, I'm like, bam. Yep. They, if they need to get down that low. Most of them can't get down that low. Flexibility is big one. Yes. Yeah. So that's Put why it. I like lunges. It exposes yeah. a lot. How about a quote? Something, give me some kind of quote. We need some kind of tagline here. I, I put quotes, so I got a whiteboard when you walk into the office, and I keep a list of things. What did I pull up today? Lazy people do a lot of work and think they're winning. Winners. Winners work as hard as they possibly can and worry that they're still being lazy. That came from a coach. He's a football coach. Georgia Tech. Yes. Yeah, that is, that is a terrific. Like it? Yep, that one's terrific. Well, Chris, man, I really appreciate you coming. I appreciate in. This, this was good. Was, this was um, fun. We'll get we'll get out and get it published. Um, please share us with everybody you know. We'll do. And uh, yeah. anybody out there, once again, Body First Chiropractic. It is on the Boulevard down by what was the address again? So it's 1913 East Pleasant Valley Boulevard. So it's a uh, you're coming from Altoona. You want to come down Old 220 the whole way down toward Pinecroft, or jump on 99, get off Pinecroft exit, head back toward Greenwood. Yep. And right if you know where round two is it, it's right next yep. to round two. Little natural gains, round two now. Yep. So K and D's right there too. Yep. Very good. Same building. So. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. Sir. Thank you.